0: You're listening to The Gentleman's Guide to Watching 70s Porn with Your Wife. With your hosts, Big Willie and Mama Bear. Bringing class to the ass since 1969. 70s porn with your wife. Um, it's something that kind of came to me last week, uh, no pun intended of course. Um, my wife, my beautiful <laughs> wife, my supportive wife, uh, Mama Bear, was kind enough and charitable enough to um, jump in and co-host this with me and she was a good enough sport that she uh, she volunteered to watch a, a film with a lot of bush uh, and covered on the show because Rick and uh, Sammy and I's schedule just didn't jive this week. So firstly, I want to say thank you to my lovely wife.
1: You're welcome.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, what we've been watching. It's this, uh, depending on how the show gets put together, Rick and I are both bas- basically recording mini-episodes. He's doing with Miles, I'm doing with my wife. We're going to put together and make one long show for you guys. Um, as you all know, uh, my wife, Poppy, doesn't because she's never listened to my show. Um, we always start with a segment, what we've been watching. Okay. Right? So any films, anything you've been watching, if no, we like to, um, it's okay, this is the... Um, so anyway, what I've been watching since we last recorded um, I watched a couple of films that we're going to be covering on the show the week we come back uh, The films from Diabolic DVD so I'm not going to really get into those um, but I can talk about a few that we watched together uh, The first one was one that was I'd seen at TIFF and it really broke my heart and you wanted to see it and I was pleasantly surprised you wanted to see it and that was uh, Kim Ji-Woon's I Saw the Devil So tell me, did you enjoy the film? I know you, you obviously wanted to see it, which was a surprise
1: yeah, it looked interesting when I saw the the trailer for it, and I was researching some new releases that I wanted to watch, and I came across that, and I thought it was pretty cool. Um, when I watched it, I liked it. I I don't know, you're more critical of movies than I am, though. Yeah,
0: I I do tend to be. Um, was it as good as you thought it was going to be? Yeah, it was at par. Okay, uh, I know there was even a few parts there where you kind of like went, "Come on." because it does it does get ridiculous and for me the filmmaker is better than making just a film that's style with no substance cuz think about it you saw old boy old yeah. boy's a revenge movie too can't you say old boy has leaps and bounds above this one
1: yeah but if that you're comparing you
0: know oh, it's apples to apples these are korean yeah. revenge films okay <laughs> but do you know what I mean like he's a good enough filmmaker to me that he doesn't need to make something that's just just flash and sizzle but anyway i it think
1: around. he's trying to trying to You know, the director there was trying to appeal to the American audience.
0: You're bang on my woman. She's good. Um, That's why you married me. Yes, one of the (laughs) zillions of reasons why I married my wife. Um, Next up, I watched uh, Plagues and Pleasures of the Salton Sea. Now, this was a documentary I watched. It's about a town in uh, California. There was a man made lake put in, and uh, there was a big disaster. The lake kind of was drying up, it got very salty. It looks almost like a Mad Max movie with, like, trashy, kind of messy people.
1: Oh, so I'd love
0: it. You would love it. Uh, it was really interesting. John Waters does the, the the narrative work, so anyone who knows John Waters knows what kind of project they're probably getting into. It was enjoyable, not as good as I thought it could have been, but nonetheless, very interesting. Uh, then I watched Horusmoku Smoku, Sailor Jerry, which was a documentary. You know Ed Hardy clothing? Yeah. Okay, Ed Hardy's clothing, a lot of the tattoos on it. Um, were influenced by Sailor Jerry, who was the mentor for Ed Hardy, who was a tattoo artist who unfortunately his clothes have been worn by a lot of douchey people since. That's kind of sullied the name, but it was a really fascinating look at uh, tattoos from the turn of the century until now. And it was really cool, right? So I enjoyed that. Um, then you actually watched this one with me. You can tell me what you thought of it. The little girl who lived down the lane with uh, with Martin Sheen and Jodie Foster and what looked like a terrible wig. How did you feel about that one?
1: Um, I, like I said, I'm... Uh I'm not a big fan of some of the movies you watch. I'm a good sport about them, but uh, yes. I don't know. I didn't care for it too much. I thought uh, Jodie Foster looked a little ridiculous. She constantly looked like she had a wig on. Um, I mean, I guess for the time it was okay.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I I quite enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty creepy. I thought Sheen was great, as always. Um and I thought Jodie Foster for her age, she was good. She's a great actress, which we've talked about on our show. Because you know the one Bugsy Malone with the f- kids.
1: Yeah, I didn't get to watch all of it, but I I watched the first like you know ten minutes of it. Right. Before I started to
0: drift, drift, <laughs> driftwood. Um, yeah, so I I quite enjoyed it. And then another one we we just well I decided to bump off the the PVR because my wife, see, behind the scenes here in the uh, the large William or the the, the Smith household, um, my wife just got an iPad too and. I promoted this a little bit because it works out for me because now she's going to be occupied with that and I can watch a lot more stuff that...
1: Okay, here's the, st- okay, here's the real truth of the matter. My husband's been hoarding the PVR box for, like, <laughs> years now that we've had it. He's like, oh, there's a movie, and he records, like, every single movie that you could possibly imagine, mainly on the TCM channel, and... I can remember, if it wasn't for somebody coming in and switching our PVR to an HD PVR, which, mind you, my husband cried when that happened. Um, because I lost we, everything. Yeah, w- we would have had movies on there from, like, three years ago still on there. Because, you know, he always says he's going to watch them, and it never, ever, ever happens. Like, it never comes around. Well,
0: I once a year I have a month where I watch a lot of stuff from the So
1: PVR. he says, but... Um, it's got a hundred percent memory, and by the time or holding whatever you want to call it, and by the time I go to like tape my, you know, typical Oprah and you know trashy uh, what was it reality TV shows that I I so like crave every week. Um, yeah, like there's no room anymore. So yeah, we have a our typical husband wife war, but it's it's usually because of the movies so on there.
0: Yeah, I admittedly I do hoard it a little bit, and then I get on you if there's like a, a, a marathon of... Uh, One
1: show of, or something. What's that sounds. show
0: with the polygamists? Um,
1: Sister Wives. Yeah,
0: Sister Wives or something. There's like Don't a run you, of that.
1: You know what? It hasn't been on, so thank you.
0: Yeah, so there you go. Uh, last up we watched... Oh, sorry, so anyway, getting back to the PVR, so I uh, watched uh, De Palma's Obsession uh, with Cliff Robertson, Jean-Vierre Boujol, and, um, of course, the Lithgow doing another role for De Palma. Um... Mm-hmm. I liked it. I think it's really melodrama. It was really heavy, kind of overwrought melodrama. Um,
1: Lithgow, John Lithgow? Yeah. Did he show his ass again?
0: <laughs> no, he, thankfully he didn't, but he did have hair.
1: <laughs> what on his ass?
0: Well, he might have hair in his ass. His ass was pretty smooth, actually, if I remember correctly, from Dexter. Um, flat,
1: too.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, well, you know, at his age, <laughs> he's only, he shouldn't have an apple, an apple of a hiney. Um But,. Uh, so anyway, Obsession, the bernard Herman score was fantastic. Might have been the, as we see seen on the show, the most valuable thing, the MVT of it. Um, and I like Jean-Louis Bourgeois. I think she's a good actress. She does a lot of kind of daring projects in the 70s. So I liked it. Uh, it's not upper-tier De Palma for me. It's kind of middle-of-the-road De Palma. Um, so yeah, have you watched anything you want to tell anyone about that you really enjoyed or any shows or maybe that our listeners can pass on to their wives? I that truly
1: there? don't think that anybody, any of your listeners would care to know about the shows I watch. Um, my typical <laughs> run of the week is Oprah, um, American Idol, Survivor, uh, God, what other ones do I watch? <laughs> uh, Jersey some, Shore. Yeah, Jersey, But it's not on anymore. Uh, hey, yeah. we'll be back. Yeah, I don't know. I watch garbage that, uh, I know it's garbage, but it satisfies my, uh, my mental state, I guess. I don't know.
0: Yeah, that's, I don't like reality TV, so all I really watch is movies, and my wife tends to watch a lot of reality TV, so, but, you know. Oh, and glee.
1: I watch glee.
0: Yeah, which isn't bad. I'm a glee. Which isn't bad. Um, but, uh, yeah, we, my wife's a much better sport than I am, I think, about TV and whatnot, so, about w- what we watch, essentially. Um, and and of course I had mentioned last week how you talked about the spirit. Uh, I thought that was awesome that you picked that because it was such a piece of junk and it was really fun.
1: That was like well, honestly, it, it was. A, <laughs> I can't even explain how bad that movie was.
0: But we were having fun,
1: but and but on didn't it. he look like okay Samuel L. Jackson? I don't know if my husband mentioned this, but oh, we were watching it, and there was a scene in the beginning, uh, yeah, beginning ish of the movie, and. Uh, he was wearing this weird sombrero Big, like sunflower fucking hat. cowboy hat. Like a Carmen hat. San
0: Diego hat or something.
1: I don't know, it was huge. It was like sombrero meets... Pillbox
0: Car- churchwoman hat. I
1: don't know, like cowboy, I don't know what it was. But anyway, so it was a dark scene, as that's how the movie was set up, and uh, you see Samuel L. Jackson coming out of the mud with his, I don't know, all you see is his eyes and his nose, and obviously the rest of the scene is dark and it looked like he looked like oprah at that one scene because
0: of the hat he had on looked like a woman's hat
1: yeah i don't know yeah. it was just the face that he made it just it was quite humorous at that moment
0: yeah it was it was pretty ridiculous uh, just you know a, another long another in a long line of ridiculous moments in that film um but we're gonna jump in actually to what we're reviewing right now normally we take a break after what we discuss what we watch but we're gonna jump right into it uh, the film we picked, or I picked, that you agreed to... Yeah,
1: I definitely didn't pick this one.
0: Um, ...was an interesting film. It's from 1977. It's called Sylvia. And uh, I had recently gotten this film. Uh, I just... I hadn't... As much as I love vintage smut, I haven't uh, seen a lot of full-length features, er, feature films from the 70s, Um so this film is interesting for a lot of uh, reasons. Uh, it's got Joanna Bell playing the titular Sylvia, and it's the only movie this woman ever did. She never did another porn, never did anything else. That's funny. Yeah, um, and she's the star of this. It's directed by Peter Savage, I'm sure Zom knows who that is. Um, the There's a few interesting GGTMC connections that I really wasn't aware of until one that Uncool Cat pointed out and one that I stumbled on, and I was really blown away by. Sonny Landom uh is in this as most people might know he did porn a little bit in the 70s and uh, so sonny landham's in this that's him in predator right uh he was uh billy in the predator or predator i should say um so we get to see his cock and get to see him blow his load which is kind of gross because he's an action star i don't really want to see his dick um and more interesting probably to me was that bill lustig the founder of uh Um, Blue Underground, the director of Maniac, one of my favorite slasher films, um, was the assistant director on this, and he does a a commentary track for this film, which my wife would not have wanted to be subjected to, so I'm going to listen to it maybe at work while I'm doing some paperwork tomorrow. But very interesting nonetheless. Uh, This has been restored in sort of a Grindhouse-y way. You can tell they cleaned the picture up, but they put the lines in to make it look like Grindhouse, basically.
1: Yeah, which I'm not a fan of that.
0: Yeah, we should say my wife is very much a fan of a modern aesthetic.
1: Yeah, uh, I was actually going to say, I don't, uh, you know. I don't normally like 70s porn, I'm uh, more of a modern, modern. girl myself, but uh, I feel like I should be doing this in lingerie or something, in you know, like, I don't know, like...
0: What do you call that, then?
1: <laughs> yeah, right.
0: But I'm in my lingerie, too. Yeah,
1: your elephant uh, banana hammock here.
0: Yes, the Crown Royal bag. Um, <laughs> but, uh... Anyway, I, I am much more a fan of the '70s aesthetic than my wife. Whether it's homes, whether it's anything, I just I love that aesthetic. And then some people don't. But like I said, she was a good enough sport. So we're going to get into the film right now. Um, so that's pretty much in terms of cast. I mean, I could talk about Mark Stevens a bit, who was the guy with the vacuum. He was a "quote unquote" vacuum cleaner salesman. He was in The Devil and Miss Jones. Uh, he was a pretty famous uh, male porn star. He was in One Ten and a Half, which was a take on, of course, um, Federico Fellini's Eight and a Half. But That was something a little bit different. Um, In any event, I'm not going to go through the whole cast too much. You can find it all online, uh, should you wish to. Um,
1: I'm actually surprised that IMDb rated this a 6 out of 10.
0: Well, that's, I think, a pretty fair score you're going to hear. I have a lot more notes than I would think I would. So, yeah, this is um, uh, the first porn you and I have watched together, full disclosure. Yeah. Right? Maybe. Oh, is it? yeah. Yeah. In its entirety. Right. She's my wife's pretty liberal. She's pretty cool. She's not you we know, have very uptight. I was going to say Anna would have been a bad choice of words. <laughs> um yeah. uptight about that sort of thing. She knows I have a porn style. She doesn't care. She you know, we're human. Everyone likes to watch a little porn now and then. Um but uh, it was some more
1: than others. Yeah,
0: some more than others. Uh, um, so, yeah, for, uh, anyway, but this is our first point.
1: He's lushing. And it's got
0: Sunny Landum and, uh, yeah, good times. So, 42nd Street Films, I believe, is the name of the company that put this out. Good on them for restoring it and keeping it looking vintage without being too clean. Um,
1: I can already tell our notes are so different. <laughs> Yours are more, like... Technical? More, yeah, technical. No, I'll have some like
0: observations.
1: Ugly girl. <laughs> ugly guy.
0: Well, that's okay. Now, normally what we do on the show, again, because you don't listen, so you... Oh. Why? Th- there's a baby coughing in the other room. Um, normally, I would say my notes, and Rick would then say his notes, or vice versa. So I'm going to say mine, and you can just chime in if you want to. hmm Um... So the film opens up, and it's got a, it had a great kind of GGTMC line where one of the chicks that's going to see Sylvia, one of one of her friends. Oh, we should say what this film's about. I don't think we've even discussed that, which is odd. Um, normally we would synopsize the film. Uh, so Sylvia is a racy, action-packed, fast-moving. There is action-packed and fast-moving. Sylvia is a seemingly quiet, reserved, saintly person living on a quiet, reserved, well-manicured street in upper-middle-class suburbia. However, Sylvia is hiding a secret. She has a multiple promiscuous personality disorder. However, one of her other personas is about to cross the line. So really, it's about a chick that, you know, she plays all the different roles. She plays the Madonna, the whore, everything in between, basically. Yeah. Um So it's that's one of the reasons I chose it, because I wanted to pick something a little less conventional that, you know, was a little bit wacky, basically. It wasn't just a kind of a straight skin film. But it opens with a great line with one of her friends that comes to visit her. She goes, Oh, how can you stand the smell of men, those hairy bodies? And it's very much, you know, in line with the spirit of our show. <laughs> um, I thought, it's weird, this film, and you and I talked about this a few times, the music early on was kind of funky, 70s, uh. it was really good, and then it, it then it gets into this, like, this like, acoustic, <laughs> really sappy.
1: I don't know, it went from, like, bow, chicka, well, well, kind of, maybe, and and, and, yeah, music, sorry, and I'm not into that, like. I think porn should not have that kind of music. I don't know. What maybe, should it have? I don't know. I don't want to hear stupid music. Well, if I'm watching porn, I say. Well, I'm watching it.
0: I guess again. it depends on the context. For different purposes, I would agree with you, but
1: uh, yeah, I don't. To yeah. me, that's cheesy. If somebody's watching a porn to actually get to like you know a to place get where up, they're to gonna climax, yeah. yeah, exactly. Then that that music for me just no. But
0: this was a different time. This is when when porn was still they were still trying to make a film that had some artistic merit. Yeah. Like, you, you saw Boogie Nights. Do you remember? I don't it? really remember. Well, it's one of, one I, of my I'm favorite I'm probably
1: going to be the one only person that's... Uh, no, this and it, everyone. Too. No, no,
0: I'm sure a lot of people haven't. A lot of people have, but we own it. It's one of my favorite films. Burt Reynolds plays a character in that who's yeah. a 70s porn guy. Dirt Diggler or whatever. No, 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 no he's oh, Jack no. Horner. Okay. Dirt Diggler Yeah, yeah. Is, uh,
1: Mark.
0: Um, Anyway, he's like a porn producer, and he's stuck in a time when he wants to make these films still. But VHS is coming, in. it's just about the cum shot and about amateur. Mm-hmm. And anyway, it's a pretty interesting thing. But this is very much—it's very much a film. Mm-hmm. As flimsy as it may be in it, some regards, it's yeah, a film and with and porn in it, with sex yeah. scenes, right? Um, anyway. I guess,
1: and that's why I—I I, I wasn't expecting
0: that. You were expecting more, just like like the porn nowadays is very much about a greatest hits package.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: you know, it's two or three minute clips. It's—it's it's a little different. Yeah, and and especially the way people consume porn nowadays, I know. You know, most of us can see it in small segments. We wouldn't sit down and watch a whole film because of the availability with the Internet and so forth. Um, what's great is they decide the to forego the whole pizza boy or pool boy angle, and said it's the vacuum cleaner salesman, <laughs> which we really get some great double entendres with him working the vacuum. And, and this is when she her first kind of transformation happens. And... I loved Sylvia's transformations, because her eyes would start to flutter, and her nose would wrinkle, and then... I
1: know, I said something along that line, too, Uh, what was it, I was like, oh yeah, because she went through, like, she went almost satanic-like, and I think... That was, like, the the whole thing, you know, because she was there praying, and she was this virginal, like, you know, like you said, Madonna-like, and then all of a sudden, you know, she got turned on, and she went into these weird convulsions, yeah. and her eyes kind of, like, like popped open, and she just had this, like, evil grin and satanic, you know, and jolting it, of the body.
0: Yeah, and it was pretty good, because she had her hair pinned back, and she had the big Coke bottles on and whatnot, and then, of course, she just, you know, becomes the sex pot because um, she sees him kind of uh, work in the vacuum and I think she even says to him uh, or he says to her no, no kinking the hose
1: yeah I don't know he had said a couple things uh, I think there was one note where he was saying uh, oh that the vacuum had some great sucking power oh yeah power of course and great whatnot.
0: sucking power and then she, it, the screen kind of goes soft and it's almost like that wavy kind of flashback thing because she's starting to to turn, and I gotta say, '70s decor. Because you know, he comes into her house. People were all about the flora and the fauna, man. Like, there's plants everywhere in her place. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's so much different nowadays.
1: See, I wasn't looking at the plants. I was looking at the weird statues. I I just I couldn't get over why they kept flashing to the statues or flashing to like an art painting or I don't know. It was just a little. Weird for me, like
0: it's to be artistic, and I think they wanted to keep harkening back to her religious. I guess almost like the uh, the watchful eyes of God or religion were on
1: her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I maybe yeah. I guess that was because uh, they all pretty much had like eyes yeah. in their thing. So yeah, I That's guess right. I guess I never really saw it that way. I just thought, what the hell? Like this is supposed to be porn, and I'm yeah. looking at a statue. But or again, a picture. it was a
0: different time. They're trying to still have some artistic merit, whether they succeeded or not. It's another story as we we'll get to. Yeah,
1: I'm surprised I stayed awake through it.
0: You were a good sport. um so, it's weird, there's a few times in this where she, she kind of has like a Carrie, speaking of calma, like a Carrie-type telekinesis, like in the beginning when she starts to turn, the candles flicker and they go out.
1: And yeah, what was that the, about?
0: The weird thing about this film is is very much, It's a, although it's about uh, like a mental disorder, quote-unquote, it hints at times of demonic possession, and mid-70s was when all the occult films and the satanic films were really like at their peak like like exorcist and all this man everyone was making cult films and and fucking demon films the omen and and all that so i think they were kind of trying to have their cake and eat it too mental disorder oh i think they threw
1: in a couple different things in this movie
0: yeah they did now even though she's wearing coke bottles, i gotta say i love a girl in glasses and of course i married one (laughs) so there you go um I, again her trans her her transformation, the way they did it from a, a technical what
1: I'm just thinking about like how the typical stereotype of a guy, like in the girl in glasses, the hair pulled back, librarian kinda.
0: Like Sylvia. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah.
0: Um Bill Bixby does like this Bill Bixby to, like Ferrigno kind of transformation where it was like an old convention where like the screen I don't know what the, the terminology would be where it it it, like, it fades like they cut like you know, when you see like a werewolf transformation, like a '50s film, yeah. where, like the footage kind of fades in as it, mm-hmm. like it's like the stop footage over and over until it progressively gets to the point where there is a werewolf. They kind of had that with her too, with her eyes fluttering and stuff, which was pretty hilarious. Um, we were trying to figure out who the vacuum guy looked like because there's a few people in this that looked like people, and he looked sort of like a really fucking sleazy version of uh, Roberto Benigni and Judd Nelson's <laughs> Love Child. <laughs> But this is, of course, Mark Stevens. You know, it's like Judd Nelson meets Roberta Benigni, um, which is really funny. And then there's just, like I said, a few people that kept popping up that just we couldn't quite place. Like there was uh, one of her friends that looked like the. Uh, I'm going to look it up as we're speaking.
1: She, the girl from. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one of the pink ladies from uh,
0: Greece. Greece. Yeah, she looked like the chick that is like. She always has a pigtails and glasses and chews gum, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Or the one that looks like your aunt.
0: I See, this is another thing. My wife really gave it to me because, you know, this film, it should be said, isn't for titillation. It's really more just a a curio kind of, um, you know, it's interesting to see because of how bizarre it is. Um, But my wife wanted to make sure there was no arousal because she kept saying that A, Sylvia looked like gentle yen- in parts.
1: <laughs> yeah, I did say I fucking- she had some Yentlish uh, Yeah and
0: I hate and and then she said uh, you know, my aunt. So great. Good times. the other
1: girls. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> so I don't know, was Putsy, was that who it was? Kelly Ward?
1: I you know, have no idea. You are the
0: Gre- you know, who would know is uh is Sammy. He Greece is his favorite movie.
1: I I love Greece. I just not a- uh, I don't f- remember who's things. Potsy. I don't
0: know. I don't know. Anyway, we'll move on. Um, another thing that that I got to give Sylvia credit for, man, this Maybe chick, it's pootsy. Pootsy could be, <laughs> yeah. Which uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, enough pootsy talk. It's like pussy. <laughs> it does. Um, you know, you got to admire a girl that that fiercely and with vim and vigor tosses a man's salad repeatedly like she does oh uh, yeah no that was like her special move like if she was a wrestler it would be her finishing move she yeah. always fucking tosses a guy's salad that salads was, like, that was like
1: the beginning that was like what started everything
0: yeah but no but she tossed every guy's salad like I know
1: that's what I'm saying with that was her, was Yeah, like that was like her, her signature move her yeah.
0: signature move and what's great... Ass in
1: the air, She wouldn't care if it was hairy. She just, like, Yeah, and no, there was a
0: lot of hairy ass, and there was a lot of bush in this film. Yeah, too much uh, for Well, you know, like I said, I like more of a European look, so it's, you know... <laughs>
1: not, <laughs> to be not, diplomatic.
0: No. Not like you. You're not... You know, <laughs> uh, that sounded bad. I'm getting myself yeah, a more... Exactly. Hot water than I mean. What I mean is my wife's not fucking...
1: Okay, nobody needs to know. Nobody gives a shit <sighs> to know.
0: Taking myself oh. a yeah. hole. So, anyway, what's funny is when she's tossing the guy's salad... <laughs> It keeps cutting to this ridiculous elf's elf statue of this elf playing a flute, oh, yeah. and they keep cutting in this like flute music
1: because she was about to play his flute.
0: Yeah, that's right, exactly. So it was just kind of bizarre. Um, but when she um, when she does adopt it, one of the, her more aggressive personas, which is like this tough New York chick, like this bull dyke, Um it's funny because she does the worst New York accent since Dominic West, and I don't know if you. Uh, Did you watch Punisher Warzone with me? Yeah.
1: If I did, I would never, ever, ever ever know. I would never remember a title like that.
0: But yeah, but she's no Dominic West when it comes to New York accents. And the other guy that she, the next guy that she, uh, no, no, we're still talking about the Judd Nelson guy. Uh, This guy's no Peter North when it comes to Blowing His Load. He's more of a Harlem Globetrotter in that he just dribbles. Crickets. What?
1: Sorry, I thought you were just saying something. I
0: he just dribbles. Like, it doesn't blow his load. There's no punctuation. It's just, huh? you know, that's it. Like, you're supposed to, that's the money shot. Instead, it was like, yeah,
1: no. Well, sorry, I was reading my notes at that point. No, no, that's okay. No, no, I, I know what you're saying, though, yeah.
0: But, uh, yeah, so she decides a few times that she, you know she's not going to get away. She decides to poison people, and she does the old
1: it wasn't as if she was poison... okay, I guess technically you could say that she she liked her one girlfriend or her cousin i we, we still don't know if it was a cousin or a girlfriend, but for the sake of argument, we'll, Who did we we'll say we'll she looked
0: it- like the cousin looked like um, your aunt? no, no, I said she looked like someone else. oh, she looked no, not like uh, Shelley Duval, who was it <laughs> when she think- was screaming
1: no i have no no idea. no there was a moment
0: she screaming and i said she looks like so and so and you're like yeah you're
1: yeah, right yeah i really don't remember maybe i wrote it that. down
0: later on but um but she does the old <laughs> powder in the cocoa routine which is the second time i saw that this week because uh, Jody Foster does that in
1: Oh yeah in the right? yeah. yeah it was it was funny because the girl falls asleep or she gets knocked out and then uh some Rizzo-looking <laughs> Sylvia walks into the room and starts seducing her girlfriend, and like, oh, and I, I mean, she looked like was it Rizzo? Like, oh yeah, from no, she did
0: She did look a little bit Rizzo-ish, which kind of
1: went to which whole, tied in with the yeah. Grease
0: theme that we were going for. Um, which is also funny because, um, much unlike Rizzo, though she wore a Canadian tuxedo. Which, I don't know if you know what that is. It's when you wear the jean jacket with jeans. It's a Canadian tuxedo.
1: Jean jacket with
0: jeans? With jeans is a Canadian tuxedo. <laughs> why
1: anyway. the hell is that a Canadian tuxedo? You'd
0: have to ask someone. I don't know. It's just, that's just what it is. <laughs> okay, for
1: all you Americans out there, why is that No, Canadian?
0: but that's just something I've said. I was, you know.
1: Oh, it's, so it's a Canadian I didn't thing? Make
0: it I didn't make it up. But it's a commonly known thing that, <laughs> watch.
1: Okay, I'm I believe like, you. I don't need the whole thing. It's funny that you say that because my mom just bought...
0: A Canadian so, tuxedo? Yeah, pretty
1: much. <laughs> For our trip? Well, I don't know. See, look.
0: <laughs> <laughs> look. See, oh Jay Leno likes a well, the Canadian there you go. tuxedo.
1: Oh, I like that one. Anyways, okay. I so, anyway, this, enough can't Canadian see this. tuxedo talk. <laughs> oh, go- Google uh, Canadian tuxedo and you'll know what we're talking uh, about.
0: What's it called? Those guys from New Zealand. New Zealand uh, Fuck. Flight of the Concords. But um, anyway, so she decides to sport the. i got to get off this Canadian tuxedo page, man. <laughs> Um, fucking cocoa and iced tea in their Canadian tuxedos. Uh, but she rocks that, and uh, I have to say, vibrators have come a long way.
1: Oh my god, <laughs> have they ever? Um, not that I would know, but. No. Anyways, um, no, there was that one scene where, you know, Sylvia's using the vibrator on the, her cousin's friend, and honest to god, I swear, we didn't know. I, at first, I thought. I don't know what did I say. I thought she was shaving her her pussy because the noise was so loud and well the hair was so big and uh, so I thought she was going down on her to go shave her pussy and then all of a sudden
0: it looks it looked almost looked like, like a toothbrush it one like of those electric electric toothbrush, electric toothbrush yeah. that had the head on it was almost like a gum massager like it was It yeah. like an eraser it
1: definitely was a it gum was a massager. gum massager <laughs> alright
0: but uh, yeah so they've come a long way that it should be said. Um, there's, it cuts to the scene, you know, because obviously there's, there's different scenes where she's with different guys, but there's that one guy. Um, you and I both talk, the way he talked
1: Oh, I just yeah. He
0: he talked like you know when people talk when they're yawning. That, that's how you you he talked, but he, yeah. he talked like that all the time, and there wasn't anything wrong with him. No, it, it was just like was slow a, motion. Yeah, it wasn't that. Um, it was almost like he was like mid yawn, and again, you know. This wasn't someone who was deaf. We're not being insensitive here. No, He just no, no. spoke in a really bizarre way. It was like he was always yawning. But um, fuck, man, it
1: was—it was brutal.
0: Let's just say there was nothing for the ladies in this one, except the landum.
1: Oh, except the what?
0: The landum, Sunny Landum.
1: Honestly, not even.
0: Oh, uh, he was the beefcake of the film for sure. Of the film,
1: maybe. For sure. Actually, his friend was between the oh, two the of them. The truth
0: but... comes out.
1: <laughs> no, yeah, please.
0: What about the the Lay brother? That guy.
1: Oh, yes, the lay brother. Yeah, um,
0: hmm. <laughs> this let's is, see.
1: We, there was something about a sack. What was it that we were talking oh, about? Oh, fuck. It was so...
0: Because he tried to...
1: Okay, first off, let's explain who the lay brother is. There was, uh, The church
0: scene. This is when it ties in with the whole, again, yeah. the whole demonic kind of possession type thing.
1: Uh, this maybe so far out. Um, there was this point where, uh sylvia goes to go preach to her not preach but like talk to her um priest and about
0: about, no no her i think her cousin went to say i don't know what's wrong that was that was the beginning right okay
1: yeah that was that's how it initially started but then she went it sylvia went into the room to talk to the priest and you know about like her whole situation priest got a phone call you know he needed somebody else to finish off with her and Yada, yada, yada. At the end of the story was um, this guy comes in and he was called a lay brother.
0: I guess it was almost like he was a, a, a priest in training. And you know what? I, my heart just dropped because I was worried I hadn't hit record this whole time. But luckily I did, thankfully. <laughs> I
1: would have strangled oh, me. Oh,
0: <laughs> fuck. But, yeah, the lay brother. And I mean, we see this lay brother, and this is a really hideous looking man. Like As we're seeing him on the screen, I pray to God I don't see his cock and his asshole. <laughs> Because it, if, you know...
1: Yeah, I, I think they took it a little too far with the whole... Uh,
0: this like, is your opinion because yeah, you're a Catholic.
1: I, I'm, I am Catholic. I don't go to church or do all that stuff. But I, I truly believe, you know, there's some areas that you don't touch upon and... Uh, when it comes to that, to me, it was tasteless I'm not into that But I it's think a it's, porn, no, but like I'm sorry like, yeah, to okay. me like I you know the whole saying. cross thing, yeah, I but, but
0: she didn't masturbate or anything
1: with no would i would have I wouldn't have watched it anymore that Note that just draws to someone.
0: self, don't watch the devils with my wife,
1: <laughs> yeah, um, no, see that kind of that stuff just like throws me over,
0: yeah, I didn't have a problem because I'm not religious, but I could see where if you were religious that uh. And again, you're not a Bible thumper at all. You're just... You're Italian. You're Roman Catholic. There's... There's
1: nothing to it. what...
0: Listen, you know, Catholicism is ingrained in the Italian culture.
1: Yeah. In
0: everything. It's subconscious. Yeah, but even still, there's things that... uh, This isn't the the psychology show or the... Anything, but, you know, anyway. But I could see how that maybe would be. But to me, it was was fine. Um, But... Sorry, go ahead.
1: No, it was just uh, there was that one scene where she starts yelling at him. Screw the devil, lay eh, brother. I'm the devil, and I'm going to screw, and you're going to screw me.
0: Oh so yeah, she's this is like, when he, she's, she's like raping him. Yeah, this is when this is probably the moment when she's like um, most like like Wings or. Uh, Gary Busey, when she's just eating up, chewing up the scenery, like Al Pacino, like
1: no pun just, intended. Yeah, yeah, right.
0: But no, this is when she's really going over the top, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That was probably the most over the top scene in the film. She's swinging this huge fucking wooden cross at this repulsive man, and he's just fucking sweating before he's even taking his clothes off. <laughs> and like I said, and again, I'm saying to myself, don't just don't show me his asshole, don't show me, I don't want to see his dick. And this guy, he was a real plum smuggler, like he had this, um, he he was weird. Like he shaved his balls, and they had like this like reddish purple <laughs> hue.
1: No, it was just like he had hair on the side of his balls, but the underneath and the top part of it was. It was almost it like, was like he, shaved. You know, I don't know. It was you weird. know what it was?
0: No. You know what it was? What if if uh, if we were? Looks to like call he got it, waxed. No, it looks like he had what I would call the Hulk Hogan. What the
1: hell's that?
0: It, it, nothing in the middle, but the sides were long.
1: Yeah. Right. <laughs> the, weird. The,
0: his pubic hair was like the Hulk Hogan. So. Anyway, and the music in this part's really weird because it's like this tweeting and chirping, almost like Logan's run, kind of 70s sci-fi, which was kind of bizarre. But, uh, yeah, but anyway, this guy, so they're 69ing. And uh, this Ugh. fucking guy is like he's looking for a crumb on her asshole. So, like, you know, this guy. I you know, think
1: they paired them up. and uh, the, the height, you know, like when you're 69ing, he, you should be able to reach the other person's uh <laughs>
0: He he couldn't reach her asshole. Like, he's straining his neck. He's straining his neck. <laughs>
1: he's got a kink in his neck. He, he
0: does, and he's trying to get there, and he can't get there. And then So, so
1: he sticks at his tongue, and he's trying to get it with his to tongue. He's trying to get it with his
0: tongue, and that's not working. And it's just like, and then you can tell he's just like, fuck this, and he just lays his head down. He's <laughs> like a
1: fucking anteater. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, he does. He totally does. And he just looks so useless.
1: Uh, the but mi- uh, The movie was boring for me, and I, I just thought the storyline was horrible. I found it funny that, her friend or her cousin what like again whatever I said was so concerned like they showed this girl being so concerned for her friend because she's having sex and I'm like No, but no,
0: but it wasn't that. It was because it wasn't like her to be like that. It was very uncharacteristic, and because she was a girl who typically was very naive virginal and virtue, yeah. very very much a virginal, Virgin, yeah. yeah, virtuous. Uh, it was very unbecoming, and if you know, there was clearly something wrong.
1: I know, but it was like the great lengths that she went to. Wow, they
0: gotta they gotta string it together with something.
1: Yeah, it just for a porn, it was way too much story, not enough substance, and. I don't
0: know. Maybe next time we'll do an '80s porn. No,
1: maybe you. next time we'll do a 2011. No, porn.
0: No, that's got to be fun. It, can,
1: it is fun. We can make it fun. Oh.
0: Uh, <laughs> um. But I love Cut. when, uh, <laughs> yeah, when non when actors <laughs> spout like medical or scientific jargon in films. Like there was the one guy who was the doctor, in this, and I love when you get like these and. Like, was the doctor? The guy that was like karate chopping the shit out of everyone at the end. He's like, oh, I'm glad you did this because
1: Oh, be the still therapist. Tough. Yeah, I was actually thinking of a doctor, doctor,
0: like there was a doctor, I think.
1: Yeah, I know, but I was thinking like maybe like a drifted and there was a hospital scene or something. Oh no
0: no. But uh I just I love when like when like a really wooden non actor start trying to sound convincing with like medical terminology and stuff. <laughs> it just sounds it almost sounds like someone from a different language saying something in English phonetically, like you wouldn't know you wouldn't get this reference, but like Sukiyaki Western Django is a is a Takashi Miike film. It's a Japanese film. That mm-hmm. it's all Japanese, but he made a spaghetti western. Okay. So he had the Japanese actors phonetically say their English lines.
1: <laughs> so it just
0: doesn't make any sense. Like they don't really. There's no like. There's no conviction to what they're saying.
1: I store you go.
0: <laughs> no, no. Like they, no, no. It was legitimately like it wasn't. It was translated by the lines were written by someone who was fluent in English.
1: Okay, okay. So but just...
0: but they were saying things that they didn't know the meaning of, right? Okay. Like for someone to write something phonetically for me in Japanese. I wouldn't emphasize the right things.
1: Yeah, no, no, no. no, no. It's it's similar, like, with any language when you're crossing over.
0: Right, exactly. Um, At at one point (laughs) near the back third of the film, Sylvia puts on what has to be the worst wig in the history of
1: cinema. Oh, God. It was so bad. It was over her ears. Like, they literally covered her ears with this wig. And I can't explain it other than telling you to watch it, but I wouldn't want you to sit through that movie. Um, and then after, she had some weird fucking cowlick coming out of her ear, like from the sides of her head. Like, I don't know. Maybe you can explain it better than I, but...
0: No, yeah, it was just a bizarre wig. It just, it, it really, I don't know, how it was sort of like a like a layered kind of really choppy beehive I I don't know, it was really bizarre, man. Like, uh... It just, it didn't belong on her. Because they tried to throw a few wigs on her to, to adapt to the personalities, but that just is a, it was really a bad wig. Um,
1: Speaking of choppy, the, I found that the film was a little choppy in yeah, certain areas. Yeah, there was a few and, where it was edited, it was
0: like, whoa.
2: Yeah, it's like. A little bit harsh.
1: Yeah, very, very, uh, I don't know, Jump. the cut of it was, yeah.
0: Yeah, no, it was pretty bad. Yeah, no, there was a few parts where it was pretty evident. Um... I put pretty impressive form, but I don't know what that means for who. So I'm sure we can <laughs> imagine. Body, yeah. yeah. Well she body? Yeah. She had a pretty good body, I thought.
1: Yeah, yeah decent. She, you
0: know, like her tits were a good size. She wasn't skinny. She wasn't, you know, she was a good size, I thought. Whereas nowadays it's a lot more synthetic and fucking nonsense. But, uh, yeah, like techniques, I'd I, I noted this here since I said this. Techniques have really changed. Everything's, like, even how fast they were fucking was a lot slower then than it seems. Like, now everything's so fast, and go, 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 go. Because
1: cause, cause,
0: uh, women, are starting,
1: women are starting to open up about what they really want. Yeah. They don't want that bullshit well, making.
0: Yeah, well, I guess to a degree, but in this film, it's interesting just just to see, though, how it's very slow in this. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, it's, it's you know, it's, we've come a long way.
1: Well, I was going to say, actually, touching upon that, uh, I noticed that, like, back then there wasn't things like point of view or maybe there was and maybe they just in porn think, or in like no no just like in this one right here maybe there was in no uh,
0: i don't think it wasn't prevalent i don't yeah, think until the
1: 90s like pov yeah. in in uh porn nowadays is like huge whereas porn. in I, I didn't see anything no, no like that then so no. it, i guess once again touches upon the art of the making of that movie versus you know and the conventions
0: Just, of the time, like yeah, well, the, yeah. film conventions, are going to seep into uh, adult films. That's why, oh, like, yeah. you see, like, they always spoof uh, films of the time. Like, there's that one, there's a Batman spoof. It's got like a lot of like Randy Spears, who's kind of like one of the you know uh, patron hands of our show. He's a porn star who always grunts, but it had like one <laughs> guy playing the Riddler. You know, it had Batman, it had a pretty high-end cast and, like, decent special effects and stuff. It, it, porn always apes the time, not only the content in terms of the films, much like, like almost like, you know, a, like a slutty or smutty ma- magazine way, but also the conventions from a technique standpoint or technical standpoint. It kind of becomes like a Carrie-esque film again for me when yeah, it, it flashes back to the bathtub.
1: Yeah, it like, really what was like, that?
0: Her mother was very much like a Bible thumper. and Coming she in, she's,
1: and she's a grown like, woman, and oh, her what mother what are you doing, her. touching
0: yourself, and this and that, and she's really upset, and I'm very much like channeling her Piper Laurie. You know, what was Carrie? Carrie was 74, 76, let me just check. Because this was 77, um, but her mother comes in, and, and she's, yeah, 76, so this was the year before, so you could very much, yeah, it was very much kind of a Piper Laurie moment, but um, she did something else. that Was kind of like telekinesis at that. Point. I can't remember what it was, but it's weird. She, the mother goes away from it and comes back and brings out like this, this like fucking buffet of of sex Different, toys. Different, yeah.
1: Like I don't know. Like I don't even know what it was. I it don't was know like-
0: if she. I thought that she must have found them, but then you were right. It seemed like almost like the mother was like, "Here, use these." But I don't know. It kind of went against what her mother was saying.
1: I don't know. The fact that she even came into the washroom to wash her daughter. No, I don't think she she came in to wash her. No, she was washing her back, and then that's when she noticed that she was, like, touching herself or something I think the mother
0: came in to check on her because she was quiet.
1: Oh, even still. Come on. Like, the girl's a grown woman. Like, what the hell? If yeah. my mother came in, I'm 33 years old, and my mother came in to wash me. Yeah, but
0: they were flashing <laughs> back to when she was supposed to be, like, teenage. Still,
1: even still, it's... Even if I was, like, 12 and my mother came in, like, come on, enough is enough. Like,
0: Well, anyway, that's what they were trying to do, I think, as opposed to wash her back or anything. But the one sex toy, or dildo, looked like a fucking, like, a hammer handle. <laughs> like, it looked like the hammer, a handle for a hammer with no the hammer hammerhead. head on it.
1: It
0: was really weird. <laughs> um and then it's awesome, probably the the most violent moment of the movie. Uh Sylvia karate chops her mother on the neck with the hammer handle. <laughs> I
1: think was like a head. Yeah. Knocks her out yeah, like and all of a sudden her her the mother forgets everything. Trouble
0: man eat your heart out with this karate chop man. Um it's weird yeah, and then you know they just kinda lo of Leone esque like eyes close ups kinda of back and forth between her and I think this is when Landon finally comes in the film. Yeah, what know. was
1: what was it with the two half naked men like they were convulsing together? Oh, they were they were addicts. I know they were addicts, but like what why did that mean that they have to be half naked? Like seriously.
0: Oh, actually together. no. You know what? I'm jumping ahead here. There was that one fucking dude because there's an orgy scene. There's that one dude who looked like Daniel Faraday from Lost. Oh. <laughs> and he was like rolling around on the floor. He was really skinny. Was yeah, kind
1: of I put that too. Skinny yeah, guy.
0: Yeah, Daniel Faraday. Like
1: all you saw was a rib cage.
0: Yeah, he Fair was pretty ribs. gross. But yeah, finally the fucking Landum shows up and he's a junkie and he's sweating and twitching and, you know, he's just running around tough tits, uh, all of brown cords. And he's just, and his buddy and him are just, they're in this, you know, supposed to be this kind of junkie shooting gallery or something. And, um,. <laughs> It was, I don't know, it was, it was kind of a, uh, it was weird, but, I don't know. They, uh, they had, sorry, go ahead, I keep
1: paying. No, it's okay, I was just going to say, um, I, in my notes I wrote something like, uh, how do you make a scene even worse than, in in this film than uh, it already is? And I put, at, at a poster of Clint Eastwood on the walls.
0: See...
2: Nothing says churn
1: off more than... Uh, Uh, Clint Eastwood on the wall.
0: This is a dirty secret for me, and I was going to bring this up. I was going to say the opposite. How do you make a film that much better? You put a poster of Clint Eastwood on the wall. No. One of the dirty little secrets that I have is that my wife hates Clint Eastwood, (laughs) Charles Bronson, Chuck Norris. Uh,
1: Anybody that like society tells you is supposed to be the man's man. Like but they to me, are. let me no, it's let me make let debates. me make my, my assumption what a man should be. Uh, to me uh, Clint Eastwood, pfft, you know, Charles Bronson ew is fascinating. Sandra ugly. Locke got, like, and Jill Ireland awful, would beg
0: to differ, my dear. Oh whatever. He's a little
1: mustache, which Charles I know Bronson, you guys love.
0: Charles Bronson is one of the patron saints of our show. Charles Bronson and Jill Ireland share the same wedding anniversary as
1: Oh us. god, enough. It's true. So I should be jumping up. Thank well, I know. did when
0: I found out. I know you did. Rick he was, Rick he was happier. called
1: me. I think it was at work or something yeah, Rick or was he was at than work and were. I was at home. I don't know. He called me, he's like, Oh my god, like I have the best news ever and like thinking, Oh my god, did he get a raise? Like what what happened? Like what's going on? And he's like, Guess who has the same wedding anniversary as us? and when he told me I was just like are you kidding me you called me for this so it just goes to show you the difference between us where
0: my mind's at and where hers is yeah
1: um
0: again I didn't want to see Landon's pole or his wad and I
1: and I had no problem
0: I was saying to uncool cat that it was almost like seeing X-Pac or like China's four inch clit like you almost feel like when you see these people a lot outside of the context of porn that to see them in porn when they're not sex symbols um it it becomes a bit, I don't know, awkward. Um, but the one doctor in this, at the end, the, who thinks he's fucking Superman, he looks a bit like Jim Jarmish and uh, <laughs> Landum, Sonny Landon pulls it a switchblade on him.
1: And he goes all Chuck Norris on his and, ass.
0: Yeah, and the doctor just clowns Sonny Landon, just clowns him. And, uh, and, you know, it's just uh, uh, a good friend of the show, Trent, is hooking me up right now with... Uh, Ooh, very nice I'll grab that in a moment Trent uh, not that you can hear me but uh, I'm making a mental note and he's writing to me um, so yeah but what's awesome is again you wouldn't are
1: that. you always this weird <laughs> when you're reading. Yeah. You always reading your notes and everything else yeah we
0: got a multitask baby that's the way it goes Uh, so anyway, near the end of the film, this is another reference you won't get, but actually why don't I Google it with the ones on the internet so you can see what I mean.
1: Oh wait, while you're doing that, I just found it funny when the priest was, oh, not the priest, uh, the doctor there, uh, therapist was fighting like literally like Kung Fu karate chopping these two guys. Did you notice that his tie, it was, it was undone hanging off of his neck Mm -hmm. and it just sat there. In perfect, like, positioning. It didn't even flinch. Like, it was Scotch like... Scotch guard, like, my dear. Yeah, glued, Scotch, Scotch guard. guard, yeah. I don't know.
0: Anyway, my next note. You're, you must be wondering why I'm bringing up this picture of this African-American gentleman in a Lakers number 42 jersey. You must wonder what that possibly could have to do with the film we watched.
1: Mostly the one that raped the... No. The, no. Uh,
0: this, is a, this is a basketball player. Yeah, I know. Um... Not a porn star, but the reason well, I it mentioned... Well, it
1: could have been his father or something like that, knowing you.
0: No, 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 no. The reason I bring this up is because... You see these goggles he's wearing? Yeah. Sylvia wears those glasses at <laughs> the incredible. end of the show. She wears the James Worthy goggles. <laughs> so, it's pretty awesome. She's, she becomes like the ringleader of Landam and his friend. And she's trying to get them to assassinate the doctor, which is why he... Uh, Landum ends up getting punked. And, uh... So, yeah. Anyway, she wears the Worthy. So, uh, that was awesome. Um... What does this say?
1: I don't know if you can't read your own writing, I sure have can't <laughs> to class what's this say? bring it over
0: way to class it up with oh they cl- they try to class it up and and make it smart with with the pygmalion uh George Bernard Shaw reference at the end. um I like the very beginning of the film. it's a freeze frame of her kind of winking coyly at the camera, which I thought was fun and and a good little poke and very aware um yeah, so um. Yeah, those are all my notes. Do you have anything you want to add to what we've talked about?
1: I pretty much have been jumping in, trimming in here and there um, with some of the stuff I had. I don't know. I just, um, there was a couple different things. I, I didn't care for the fact that, like, you know, she's, it, it wasn't realistic. I mean, a lot of those movies aren't, but, uh, I mean, if you're going to be giving head with red lipstick, I think some of that lipstick should be, like, smeared on your face. It would have made the scene a little bit more hotter. I don't know. For me, anyways. I think a guy would get more turned on knowing that, like, the girl's lipstick isn't still intact, like, you know, if a guy wants that, you know what I mean, it's more attractive to having it smeared all over her face or something like that, you know what I mean, I don't know, This, so, yeah, to the to me, the, this, I'm, I'm more into the, like, okay, come on, let's be realistic. My real wife's lipstick.
0: Italian, she likes neorealism in film, what can I say? <laughs> um, I, you know, I think there's a, there's a place for fantasy and there's a place for reality and there's a place for both, and... You know, I, I guess. I mean, I'm willing to look at this more on the merits of, of being in the '70s aesthetic and kind of bizarre. Whereas, you don't have this. Obs- you love movies. It should be said, which is one of the big things we used to do a lot when we're yeah. dating. And, um, you know, uh, you love movies, but I have this obsession. Yeah, with films. So something like this, I would maybe see. Look at it here's different. the
1: difference, though. You you're more analytical. I watch a movie. And I don't want to think about it afterwards. Like, I, I want to say, oh, okay, I liked it, you know what I mean? And that's the end of it. You watch a movie, and you sit, and you analyze every little thing. I don't like that. That, to me, ruins a movie. And I think when I'm watching something that I don't like, as in, like, something like that, like the 70s porn kind of thing, to me, then I analyze, and you're more of, like, you, we change roles. Like, you, you're you sitting there, and you enjoy it a little bit more. Do you, I, I don't know how to... Say that again. You said when... But, well, start listening, buddy. I am listening. <laughs> um, basically for me, I'm I'm more of like the laid back I'll watch a movie and I don't I don't like to analyze it. I like to watch it and, you know watch it for what it is. And you more you know, sit there, you analyze everything in the movie. Whereas in, in this movie I didn't enjoy it at all, and I I found our roles kind of switched a little bit. I played the analytical person, and I analyzed that's every little thing. because you were enjoying it. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm saying. And you kind of enjoyed it, and you didn't really, you know, pick, nitpick at everything.
0: I think what, yeah, I think it's because I was willing to. You know what? One thing I always find interesting is my wife doesn't really she doesn't care at all for the technical aspects of film. Absolutely not. Cinematography, no. production design, no, it just means nothing to her.
1: I mean, I can say if some, if a scene looks nice, but, but...
0: What I'm getting at here is I find the, the the aspect of you not liking cinematography or not caring interesting because you come from very much a very enthusiastic photography background with your father in you.
1: Yeah, but there's a... I know that people will play the thing, well, you know, video, photography, whatnot, they should go hand-in-hand, but realistically, that to me is more of a... An image I'm capturing, and it's a still frame of a memory. Do you know what I mean? Or a still frame of a beautiful image. you know what I mean? Whereas in in a movie, it should mean more, I guess. But um, for me, it doesn't. It's somebody else's image. you know what I mean? So to me, it doesn't mean that much. I'm not I'm not enjoying it there, I mean, I. So can you say feel that more like
0: there's something to be said about you taking the image, but if it's someone else, you don't. It, it, there's a disconnect with.
1: Yeah, I guess it's a discipline. I, I just don't care. Okay. Like, I want to watch a movie, and I just want to say, oh, wow, that looks good, or oh, that's that's awesome. Like you know, I, I don't want to think about it. You know what I mean?
0: That's fair. Okay, that's fair. Well, we've talked a lot about Sylvia, 50 minutes so far. Yeah, I'm done. Um, but before <laughs> I'm surprised this movie
1: even got this much of that. You should be my-
0: surprised. If you listen to my show, you'd know. <laughs> um, but... Uh, Let's talk about our Maker Breaks MVTs and scores for the films. The film. So uh, I'll go first. My Maker break scene. Uh, I just like the transformation scenes. I thought they were just ridiculous and they were the right kind of ridiculous. I was in the mood to embrace them. Um, so yeah, I mean, this wasn't a film that was, you know, it's not like a stroke film, so to sort of say. It's just, I would, it's fun to put on, it's the kind of point you could put on with your buddies and not feel awkward, because it's, you know...
1: Yeah, there was no awkwardness at
0: all. It's just kind of humorous. Um, The most valuable thing for me was Sylvia herself. It's weird that this uh, Joanna Bell only did one film, because, um, you know, she has a bit of a presence, and she was a pretty good sport um, about the whole thing, and, you know, whether you liked her performance or not, she's not a thespian, she's not, you know, a Juilliard-trained actress, but... She was a good sport and was willing to kind of, you know, to expose herself in a lot of ways. Not just from, you know, getting her asshole uh, licked, but... in the Getting five, her...
1: She didn't get her well, asshole licked. Well, she no, that's because right, the,
0: the, the one guy was close, but no, no cigar. <laughs> yeah,
1: uh, the little ant eater.
0: Yeah. yeah. So...
1: So what was your score?
0: Uh, my score is a 6.25 out of 10.
1: Wow, I'm really shocked. Okay, well, there it goes, um... For me, my make or break scene, I'm not into this. Like, I really don't know what to say. I, to me, I thought it was more of a break, break than, a than a make. Yeah, definitely a lot of breaks. So many to choose These from. These
3: are the breaks. It <laughs>
1: um. Anyways, I uh, really, I don't know. There were so many to choose from, but I think I get. For me, I got really irritated that when the scene changed. I understand why it happened. I just didn't care for it too much, how all of a sudden she's in the middle of being like this virginous, you know, woman and she has no makeup on her hair is all tied back. And, you know, she's, I don't know, glasses, everything. I can understand if you take off your glasses, you know, take your ponytail, your hair comes out. But when she changed from going from like this virginous woman to all of a sudden, this devilish woman, she, and like this horn dog, she all of a sudden had a full face of makeup on. And to me, I think that's just so, I don't know, again, once again, unrealistic, and I, I just thought that was stupid. But... I got the concept, but I know but you don't think, have to But analyze. I think
0: that more to this film is because no. of women's lib and everything else, and I think this is, you know, maybe I'm reading too much into this from a you know overly scholarly point of view, but it's almost like the complexity of women, that all women kind of have that Madonna and whore thing going on. and Yeah,
1: but... And when I think just, about this it, is my makeup
0: all of a sudden. No, but yeah. it's one to fantastical extremes.
1: Yeah, definitely, so. I don't know. I just I, I, maybe I just I really hated this movie. Oh, I, um, yeah. Anyways, uh, most valuable thing. Honestly, when it ended, <laughs> uh, maybe watching it and being able to do the show with you for oh, the first baby. time, which nobody wants to hear my my sick voice right now, but. Yes, they do. No, uh, sorry guys, he made me do it. No, um, I don't know. My score out of ten. Honestly, if it wasn't for the sex, it would have been lower. But two, two out of ten.
0: Wow, that's that, that's one of the lowest scores on the show. And let me ask you that. It was one of the this, lowest okay, scores. So, I,
1: I mean, this and elephant are my two. I was worst just minutes. gonna say to you. If, if, I knew you were gonna say that.
0: Yeah, I, I love Gus Van Sant's Elephant and my wife. That's like the one that she fucking hates.
1: So if this is a two, then
0: what's Elephant?
1: You know what, honestly, I don't even remember Elephant. I can't even, like, it just, it was so long ago, and I don't definitely want to watch it again, but I just remember it being dragging (laughs) on. Like, there was, like, a scene where it was, like, ten minutes of fucking walking. But it's okay. And to me, I just, I don't like things that drag on. And this movie dragged on. Like, anybody who had half the brain would know that. Like, it, it was, it was pretty long.
0: See, it's interesting. I think you like a lot of cinematic conventions that are like comfort food. You like the familiarity of what movies do. But you're also willing to watch stuff and pursue stuff like confessions. You, you enjoyed su for what it was. I don't uh,
1: even remember half of these movies you
0: but, No, but, you know, the <laughs> no, long fun no, no. club series you thought was entertaining. Battle Royale you liked. Oh, oh boy, yeah. A lot of the Asian stuff that's more...
1: Kamikaze Girls. Kamikaze
0: no. Girls you loved. You liked a lot. So, I mean...
1: Yeah, Yeah. no, there's definitely a lot that I like, but I like, I guess, something that's going to, you know, intrigue me. I like something, I want to be able to watch a movie and have it captivate me. It's like a good book, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, if I'm reading that first page and it doesn't captivate me, I don't care for the freaking movie, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. And I think Elephant did that to me. This movie definitely did that to me. Um, yeah, I don't know, not not a big fan sorry that's sorry okay. guys no
0: that's okay at least you're honest so oh
1: definitely honest sometimes brutally honest but- yes
0: and that's why i love you my dear so we're- <laughs>
1: it's all recorded i have i have yes. proof
0: <laughs> so that's it we're going to take a break i don't know which order this is going to be either the first review or the last review so as is customary on this show and as our son william has grown to like saying uh we're going to say adios adios
1: Hi, I'm Coffin John of the V-Cinema webcast.
2: And I'm Josh of VariedCelluloid.net.
1: We're from the V-Cinema podcast, a podcast dedicated
0: to Asian, cult, and genre cinema.
2: We cover all genres, from Shaw Brothers and Roman porno to heroic bloodshed and contemporary South Korean cinema.
0: You can find us at vcinema.buriedcelluloid.net or in the iTunes store under vCinema. cinema
2: That website, again, is vcinema.variedcelluloid.net.
4: program is a proud member of the palaver family of podcasts check out all the shows over at palaver.com that's p-a-l-a-v-r.com can i eat
1: this
3: Welcome to the Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema, take two, I guess, or part two of this show, or something. As you guys have already figured out, we're doing something a little different this week. Uh, there's a little something at the beginning involves some weird stuff that I'm, you know, we're not going to review on this show, although, in a weird way, this one is kind of pornographic as well. So anyway, this is me, this is Ryan. I brought along my very good friend, the one and only Miles from Show Show. How you doing, Miles?
2: I'm doing great, man. As How well. are you?
3: It's always good to have you on, man. Always.
2: It's always good to be on, though, Rick. <laughs> yes, this is true. Actually, <laughs> this is no, true. it's fucking great. I love I love the show. So yeah. yeah,
3: it's really good to have you back on. And uh, you know, we 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 wanted to do a little something. So uh, every time I have somebody on or do something with somebody, I always like you know yeah, you go ahead and pick the film. Go ahead and pick the film, and, and you know that way. I just did a, uh, what should we call it? That guy from Goodfellas right there. Pick the film, pick the film. <laughs> yeah, Johnny two times. Yeah, that was me. And we'll go get the papers, get the papers. It's Ricky two times. Yeah, Ricky two times. Uh, <laughs> uh, but we, uh, we, we talked a little bit, and then you picked a film. Do you want to say what the film is?
2: Yeah, I chose uh, a film that was produced uh, from the producers of Halloween and Puppet Master <laughs> and The Ghoulies. Yes. comes... Arena.
3: Yes. I believe also, yeah. I think Erwin Yablon's also, uh, he produced a lot of cool movies, but I think, uh, he did, or, yeah. I think he did Hell Knight as well, I think.
2: He did do Hell Knight, yeah, yes. because that was a big, um, I remember the advertising around that. Not that I was old enough to have even seen it in the theater mm-hmm. or have been a zygote at the time, <laughs> but. Um, I've looked at the old advertising for it, and it 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 always bills itself as from the producer of Halloween. Yes. Yeah. so
3: and I believe also the Juplins also to kind of tie it to the first review and first part of the show. I believe he also uh, produced some porn back in the day. So, you know, yeah, he's been around. You know,
2: yeah, he's one of those. He's one of those guys.
3: That was back in the days when you could really do that a lot more. You could uh, you could do both fields.
2: Yeah, but I mean, I, now we've got fucking Aronofsky's. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Cinematographer Greg Dark, is that right? Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. Greg Dark. He's
2: uh, yeah, he was a uh, he was a porn guy. He was a porn cinematographer for a long time. Yeah,
3: yeah, sure was. Yeah. Oh, so awesome. <laughs> so everything
2: what, what, Kat, what did Cat? What did Cat Stevens say about this being a wild world? Something <laughs> yeah. about a, a peace train, I think. Yeah, and ooh yeah. baby.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Something like that. He's like ooh baby baby. It's uh. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah.
3: All right, man. I'm looking at uh, Yablons. Uh, uh, filmography here, yeah, a lot of stuff. Tourist trap, Halloween, Education, Sunny Carson. Oh,
2: tourist tour trap's fun.
3: Oddly enough, Nocturna and Roller Boogie, two films we've talked about on the show.
2: <laughs> I haven't, I still haven't seen Roller Boogie, but I swear by Skate Town USA. That is, uh, that is such a great film. <laughs> yeah.
3: Well, I might have to. I don't know, man. We've talked about getting Bill back on at some point and doing Skate Town USA and uh, Xanadu as well, because you know the roller skating thing. So we'll see.
2: I mean, you haven't lived until you've seen Patrick Swayze whip that belt over his head like a lasso. It's pretty impressive. <laughs> and then, I mean, that movie. You look at the cast of that movie. Have you ever? You've seen it, right? Like, oh
3: yeah, uh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, oh. I'm a roller skating fanatic. Even though I can't do it, I can't roller skate for to save my life. But
2: yeah, we had a we had a place near my house called Skate Depot that was. Uh, I mean, one of the last... I think it's still there, actually. It's one of the last... And then it became like a rollerblading rink. Oh, of course. You know, because I was old enough for that to be popular when I was old enough to want to go to a place like that. So, (laughs) yeah.
3: Nice. And, of course, there's some nice rollerblade genre movies out there as well. That's right. Yes. All right, so uh, usually, you know, it's... What we always do, we'll do kind of a slight semi-introduction, then we'll jump into the film. We are going to do Arena from nineteen eighty nine here in a little while, and we'll both try to argue over how you say the director's name.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, I I don't even, <laughs> I'm not even going to attempt. Yeah,
3: we'll see how that goes. Uh, but what have you been watching lately? You anything you want to talk about real quick?
2: Um. Oh, so uh, for those out there who have listened to the most recent episode of Show Show, and it just came out, so I don't blame you if you haven't. But um, we did our, we revisited our top five list of movies that we, you know, were ashamed that we hadn't seen.
1: Oh, nice. And
2: one of those movies for me that made Katie like scream a little bit was Demolition Man. <laughs> and I watched that not yesterday, but the day before. Yeah, wow. I, pretty much the day after I admitted to not seeing it.
3: I think I think my compatriot Will. I believe he is a I mean I like the film, but I think mm-hmm. he I think he's a pretty big fan of the militiaman. I might be wrong. I might be putting words in Will's mouth, I don't know. Yeah. But uh, I think he might be a fan. But it, it it's a fun movie. It's very It is goofy. a lot of fun,
2: I think. Yeah. It's uh you know, I I always there's something about the nineties vision of the future oh, yeah. that was halfway it was such a like a weird half assed version of the future. Yes. Where, you know, Blade Runner gave us the like this amazing kind of dark cosmopolis or cosmopolis. There we go. And uh yeah, and but and then you know, I think it was maybe probably with the birth of like Back to the Future 2, which is late 80s, like you could almost call it early 90s. Mm-hmm. Um it is this kind of wussified, everything's pretty um there's still japanese influence like there is in blade runner but it's it's kind of generic and lame
3: right right and
2: and there's a lot of flock of seagulls haircuts going on and stuff
3: yeah and they Um, uh, this was also during that era when they would uh you know this is when cinema became much more corporate and everything so you get the taco bell tie-in in in this one I yeah
2: yeah which is i mean it's it's a cute joke and i think it still works as a joke in the movie um if you are gonna do a product tie-in, that's that's a decent way to go about it. But.
3: Yeah, it's much better than the uh, Happy Gilmore way, which is
2: yeah, the the subway thing, oh, yeah. which is just such a blatant. Yeah, it's uh, but yeah, I mean, because it's actually a commercial. Yes, but, yeah, <laughs> I like that film
3: uh, because I like the character names. I mean, you can't you, if you got a good guy and you got a bad guy, you got to have two great names. Yeah, so you got Stallone, and if I recall right, I might be wrong about this, but I believe his name in that film is John Spartan.
2: That's correct. Okay. And yeah.
3: I know I know the bad guy's name, so I know I'm right on this one. And Wesley yeah. Snipes has one of those great bad guy names that only exist in the movies, and mm. his name is Simon Phoenix. I know that's that for a right. fact.
2: <laughs> and this was the movie, I think, it must have come out, if not the same year, then maybe a year or two before Die Hard with a Vengeance that had all the Simon Says bullshit in it. And they, yeah, they both have that gimmick going for it that the villain always says, like, Simon Says Die!
3: yeah. Yeah. And I remember. I remember that director. I can't remember his name exactly. It was kind of a strange name, but I remember he didn't do much yeah. anything else. I believe he did one other film of note. Two, and, I
2: think. But yeah, really, um, he just disappeared. It, yeah, the second movie was weird too. I was just looking it up while I was watching the movie because I wondered what happened to this guy. Um, because I remember, you know, Demolition Man was I think a sort of a hit, like a modest hit, maybe. Yeah, it was but, a modest hit. Yeah. Stallone well, actually. came I mean, it Stallone, was kind of a joke too. He actually it was almost uh, like an instant joke.
3: Yeah, Stallone actually came to Louisville uh, for a premiere of Demolition Man, and he was looking for a city where he could blow up a building. Oh, and we, awesome. And we, had, we had an old building where we built a baseball field. It's a baseball field now, but we had an old building that was ready for demo, a big one. And he came to town, did the premiere of the film, and then showed up and uh, demoed the building, and then took off.
2: Nice. <laughs> you know what the movie is. Um, It was, this is such a weird kind of 180 from Demolition Man, but he did Excess Baggage with Alicia Silverstone. That was his next movie, and it was four years after Demolition Man.
3: Oh, yeah, that was the, uh, it's got Christopher Walken in it too, right?
2: Yeah, it's got Alicia Silverstone, and her name's above the credit. uh, Or, I'm sorry, her name is above the title. um, But you've also got Benicio del Toro in it, who doesn't get his name above the title. (laughs) So she was, at that point, in 1997. A bigger st- the year that OK Computer came out. <laughs> a bigger a bigger star than Benicio del Toro.
3: And Christopher Walken. But you know
2: And I apparently Chris Walken, I'm sure he had a small role.
3: But, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think he played her dad in that film. I never saw the film, but
2: uh neither did I. Yeah. yeah. But it's um yeah, I mean there's there's no reason to see excess baggage, right?
3: <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> Anything else you watched?
2: Uh you know what, for for brevity's sake, I'll just I'll leave it at Demolition Man. Good. Okay. All right. Yeah. I only
3: watched one other thing too, so it'll be pretty brief here as far as the, what we've watched. I watched. Uh, I finally watched The Sorcerer's Apprentice. Oh, nice. This is the uh, Nick Cage uh, and uh, Jay Baruchel? Burish, Baruchel? Something like that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 I like Jay Baruchel.
3: I like him too. I'm a little concerned about his shtick, though. I have to admit, I'm a little. It works in this film. I'm a little concerned, okay. and I liked it. The other film was it She's Out of My League. I actually liked that movie.
2: Yeah, it was pretty I haven't good. seen that. Katie said it was good too on yeah, one of our episodes. So. It's it's
3: yeah. pretty good. It's not bad for that kind of film. You you know you're going to get you're either going to hate it or you're going to like it. I don't think you're going to love it either way. But it was pretty good. It was okay, and I like him. Uh, but I'm a little worried. You know, like um, uh, Michael Sarah and those kind of guys, that he might get pigeonholed if he doesn't try some things. Sure, but it really works in this. Have you seen the sorcerer? Did you see it?
2: No, I haven't. Um, but it did. You know, I'll be honest. Even the trailers, maybe want to see it. Like I, I do want to see that movie. There's something about it, and um, I don't think it's any surprise to anybody that listens to our show. I'm, I'm actually a fan of the at least the first National Treasure movie. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think John Turtletop can make a silly, you know, mainstream action kind of family film. Yes. And, He's- um, and he can make it, you know, he can make it tolerable, which is. I mean, I say that like it's uh, like it's an easy thing, but it's it's really not, I don't think.
3: Yeah, he, um, what he does is very rare, actually, nowadays. He makes kind of fun, goofy Hollywood movies without... I don't think he makes them as earnest as some other guy people do. That's the problem. I think he, he knows what he's making is pretty fluffy. Yeah. And he sticks with it, and the vibe is there. And, of course, Nicolas Cage is hamming it up in this. Not Not completely, but he's still having a good time like he always does, and he brings... Weird things to it. He doesn't bring like the, my favorite thing he's ever brought to a movie still is the uh, martini glass of jelly beans and Ghost Rider. But,
2: uh, <laughs> dude, I was it you who said that Ghost Rider wasn't that bad?
3: Well, no, it was me that says Ghost Rider is bad, but I like the movie okay. a lot
2: <laughs> because I, I could we, um, it was I, so Blockbuster used to do this thing, and I, for a brief moment, switched from Netflix to Blockbuster Online. Um, because they would allow you to return the discs that you got in the mail to their store. And then you could trade that disc in for something that was on the shelf. And on top of that, I had like the all access thing. So they would on Monday, I, I think it was Sunday through Monday, they would have the Tuesday rentals available to the people with that pass. So I very excitedly grabbed ghost rider, the director's cut off the shelf Ran over to Katie and her boyfriend at the Times house, and we (laughs) sat around and watched that, and it was so excruciatingly bad, we (laughs) couldn't believe it.
3: It, it, It's really bad, and I mean,
2: it's, it's so bad. But, I mean, it really is like i i couldn't laugh at it like after yeah. a certain point, I understood, was like understood. the only the only joy I think I got out of that was watching Katie squirm that much while we were trying <laughs> to sit through it,
3: yeah, yeah, and of course, you know, they're making the sequel right now, you know, and you just got arrested and all the other stuff, but they're making that sequel, and it's a Neville yeah. Dean and Taylor sequel, and I can't imagine what a train wreck this might be.
2: Yeah, it could be. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of Crank 2. I liked the first Crank. I thought Gamer was okay. Um, so we'll see what happens with those guys. I think those guys, in certain circles, get too much credit.
3: Yeah, I think yeah. their style is interesting. I just don't think they found the right project for it yet. Yeah, that's just me though. But I honestly, I've only—I'll I've, be honest with you—I've never watched one of their films all the way through because I haven't been able to tolerate their style quite yet. So
2: yeah, maybe this. You know what, Rick? Can I let me? I'm gonna unplug my headphones, and you tell me if there's a difference in the sound quality when you speak. Okay. okay. Is that okay? Yeah. yeah. Except All right.
3: You can hear a little bit of an echo of me.
2: I'm gonna turn it down just a little bit then.
3: <laughs> okay. Better. Yes. I think. Can you okay. hear me?
2: <laughs> uh, now I can. Yeah. Yes. There we go. Caitlin, come in, please. <laughs> All right. Um. So Rick and I had. Sort of planned this earlier today, um, oh, no. and then we thought maybe it wasn't going to work because Caitlin was picking up food for tonight. Hi.
1: but uh, yes.
2: Caitlin is here from—you've heard her on Show Show, yes. and um, yeah, yes. yeah, she's she's my lady. Hi, hi. Yeah, So this is. Uh, oh yeah, you guys have never met. This no, is, what's uh, up, man? This is my friend Rick. Hello. Hello,
4: Rick. <laughs>
3: I sound much smaller on that end than I do on this end, trust me. I can hear me just a little bit every now and then in the speakers, and I sound like this little itty-bitty person on, like, a little itty-bitty radio. Yeah. Oh,
4: well, I have, like, a fat girl laugh, so maybe we'll just <laughs> meet in the middle.
2: And a fat girl snort. Oh, thanks. <laughs> awesome. We're
4: so in love.
2: Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's how you know.
3: That's how you know, right there. Yep.
4: Yeah, yep, yeah.
2: It's like that awesome-looking movie, How Do You Know? <laughs> oh, how no. Do, how
4: do you know?
2: Yeah. Oh, no. Okay.
4: So what what did you plan?
2: Well, we're we're gonna review Arena. I think oh, we we just got finished talking good. about movies that we've been watching lately. Okay. Um, I don't want to hijack the show, Rick. Um, but like, Caitlin, have you watched anything lately aside from Arena? Like maybe one. We we each did one.
4: Oh man! I mean, everything that I've seen, everything with you. So you okay, know, so Arena. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> from nineteen eighty nine. Yes. Yeah, so let, we I think we can jump into it. That was uh, was a good Nick Cage mini talk and uh, good whatever it was that I said. So yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was
4: thinking about Snake Eyes today.
3: Okay, good. <laughs> oh nice. nice. Yeah, nice tattoo. The Brian De Palma. I got a I got blowout in the mail today. Blowout. Oh, on-
2: oh. did you get the Blu-ray?
3: Yeah, I got the yeah. blue. Yeah.
2: Oh God, we watched a um, a less than awesome copy of it recently, yeah. and uh, it was the first time that Caitlin had seen it, and it's that was good. I love that movie. Oh yeah.
3: that's Brilliant, brilliant movie. Yep. All right, so we will start talking about Arena. I, I guess I'll uh, I'll synopsize it then. If uh, well, uh, yeah, I guess I can. Be, okay, there's a synopsis here because I wasn't about to make up one, even though it'd be pretty easy. I guess. <laughs>
2: yeah.
4: Yeah. All
3: right. So this is Arena from 1989. Uh, <laughs> directed by. Here's, here's the first attempt at this. I'm I'm, I'm going to think that this is the correct way to say his name, Peter Minut Yeah. <laughs>
4: I think. Yikes! I think so. I hope not, but yeah, it might be.
3: Maybe it's Manugian. I doubt it, though. Oh, God, <laughs> uh, Maybe he was
2: trying to capitalize on the '80s craze of noogies. Yes, is that what you
4: think? Jeez, oh,
3: <laughs> what a craze that was! <laughs> yeah. uh, but the uh, synopsis is uh, an intergalactic fighting so, competition between champions of various worlds, has traditionally been won by species much larger and stronger. Than humans. So.
2: <laughs> Despite the handicapping, which makes no fucking sense.
3: Of course. Yeah. I couldn't follow that. I, my, my one regret before we start doing this is that I didn't make an audio clip of the character of Horn yelling horn.
4: <laughs>
2: I thought your one regret was that you didn't wear a gold diaper uh, and, and shoulder pads to this recording. Although, you know, I can't see you, so I don't yeah. know if that's true.
3: I could have answered with video, but maybe we shouldn't go there.
2: Okay Yeah, <laughs>
3: yeah. But uh, yes no, the, uh, Is that the this...
2: JPEG written? Really? <laughs> yeah, I'll hit you up one um, yeah.
3: This film I've seen this film a few times i would seen it uh, back in the day um, yeah. I think I was uh, still in high school I'm older than Miles For those of you who don't know <laughs> Probably a yeah. whole generation older actually
2: Two years older Yes <laughs> So you were, a, you were a senior when I was a sophomore
3: Yes Is That That's not true <laughs> Is it?
2: <laughs> well I'm 46
3: <laughs> Yeah Well then you're older than me brother
4: I mean, oh, okay. I'm 18
2: now, so <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Okay. He'll be 18 next week. Shut
4: up.
3: <laughs> All right. Um, so I had seen this a few times. I had rented this. I saw Miles had posted before uh, talking about it. this looks like something he would have rented back in the day for yeah. like, a sleepover. This was
2: a, definitely a sleepover sort of movie.
3: And I had actually done that. So I'm actually yeah. of the generation that had rented this movie for a sleepover, and we rented it often. It was kind of a goofy fun and, uh, you know, little semi-nudity, something we could get away with, right? So...
2: Yeah, I think that's why that's why we have similar tastes in movies a lot of the time though, is because I think you and I would go for the same sort of movies uh if we had a bunch of, you know, friends over for the weekend and we were renting something. It was I I rented like a handful of full moon movies over the years. Mm-hmm. I saw, you know, what what is it? Bloodstone?
3: Yes, yes, the subspecies films. Huh?
2: The subspecies movies, yeah. All like all that stuff. The Puppet Master ones were huge with my friends and I. Mm-hmm. And this just, you know, we never got around to this one, but it seemed like something that would have been right up our alley when we were, you know, like 13, 14.
3: Yes. Yeah. And speaking of that, you know that Menugian, uh directed yeah. Demonic Toys, right? Oh, my God.
2: Yeah, I saw that <laughs> I today. I was wondering if that. you knew that. So I've seen two of this guy's movies? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but Why? <laughs>
3: Uh, he also directed Seed People, which was another full moon film. But I never saw that one.
2: Oh yeah, I've never seen that one either. So. I've seen, it I guess, I've seen a good uh, portion of his oeuvre.
3: Yeah, well, he's he, on his second unit of stuff. I've seen a ton of his stuff because he did, he did, uh, he's just, uh, worked on Galaxy of Terror, on uh, Doctor Dark he- Knight. Yeah, Doctor Heckle. No, on Doctor <laughs> Heckle and Mister Hype, he worked on
2: Titanic. I think he was, uh,
3: <laughs> yeah. He worked. He was the second. He was the first assistant director on one of the weirdest films I think is that exist recently from two thousand and five called The Ape. Have you guys ever seen the James Franco? Oh, film? the James Ape? Franco. Yes, that film.
2: Holy fuck! I no. have not. I I, you know what? Else. I haven't seen it. I've seen that sitting on the shelf a million <laughs> different times, and I've been so tempted to grab it, but I've never gotten the nerve.
3: Such an odd, odd decision there. But anyway. Oh, uh, okay, so uh, we can start talking about it if you guys want to talk. You guys want to break it in? You want me to break it in? What do you want to hear?
2: Uh, I think you you tend to take notes, right? Did you take notes on this,
3: uh, Miles? I always take notes. You know this oh by my now.
2: God,
4: I took notes, but I need to get my phone. You t- go get your phone. <laughs> <All right. laughs> okay. yeah, yeah. But yeah, Rick,
2: why don't you kick it off? Okay. Also, I want to say that he um, did. Uh, I can't believe two people took notes on <laughs> Arena.
3: Also, want to say that he also was a first assistant director on uh, Metal Storm: The Destruction of Jared Sin, another <laughs> oh film. Oh <on> my <laughs> God. <laughs> and, uh,
2: so it makes sense that he would be a sci-fi guy now, though. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally first, makes sense. Sci-fi guy. He's still yeah. out there, you know. He, you know, he's, he's uh, did some production work. He produced a meatloaf home video and some other stuff. <laughs> so, yeah. He's all over the place. Ooh, the dungeon master. Seriously, did he direct that?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I, I meant to ask you too. Oh. It, have you ever had a female guest on before? Like a female reviewer?
3: I think actually this, that Caitlin might be the first one, actually.
2: I was going to say. Really? I yes. feel bad for Emily or somebody, yes. you know, like Erica, who's hung in for well, all these years now.
3: Well, actually, Hi. Alyssa was supposed no. to come on at some point, but the timing just hasn't worked out and stuff. But this has worked yeah. out, so, you know. And actually, it's, it's funny. This is going to be the first episode, two because Will's wife's on the first review, so.
2: Oh my god, that's right. Okay, so that's... I, I feel better now that Will's wife is the first. I'm that's-
4: so glad I took notes. <laughs> yes. So yeah, glad. Yeah, this is good. They're not, like, really good ones, but I took them, and yeah. that's good.
3: Well, we'll see, we'll see, right. we'll see, we'll see. I'm excited yeah. to hear them either way. All right, I'll... Uh, all right,
4: Rick, yeah, Rick, why don't you Why don't you start it off, though, I think.
3: All right, uh, all right so I'll get going, and... and- I don't know if Caitlin's aware of this. I don't know if she listens to our show at all. We don't typically review by story so much as we review by kind of commenting on the film and That's kind, of kind of yeah, it is.
4: <laughs> Those up. are the notes that I took. <laughs>
3: there you go. So the film kind of opens immediately with some some gladiator games. You get a you know I always thought it was kind of odd. There's a red and a blue spotlight. I don't know what that means, but yeah, it's there. Um, the film's basically kind of a. I guess kinda like if you were into like special effects mass making back in the eighties, early nineties. Yeah.
2: This yeah. is a this is a Fango movie for sure. Yeah,
3: yeah, like this is a Fango movie and and really I'm a I'm a lifetime Fango reader. I've been reading Fango forever. I still read Fango. Yeah. Um, it's just a, a favorite magazine of mine. It reminds me of my childhood, blah blah blah. But this was in the magazine, that's how I knew about it, so
2: I was gonna say either Fango or Starlog. Because it, it seems like more of a Starlog movie, only because of you know it being in
3: space. It blurs the lines, Manujian yeah, blurred really the line. Yes, he really blurred it there. But what I always love about these movies with these gladiator circles or these these fighting contests and all these things, Kumates, if you will. Yeah, Kumates, if you will. There you go. There's always yeah. this. You know, there's always this guy that's you know willing to cheat a little bit. Yes, yeah. and so so we get you know we get some some kind of space age steroid of some sort.
4: Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> Which are not really ever. I don't know if we're, we're ever clear on what it really is.
2: It was purple. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's true. It yeah, was. Good job. <laughs> it was purple. Yeah, that's it's correct. Purple. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I believe at one point they tell him to put it into his arm or a right arm or something. I think he puts it in the other arm. And I thought to myself, why is he
2: putting it in the other arm? But
3: whatever. There,
4: there might be a layer here, though, because purple is red and blue.
2: Oh.
3: Oh. Wait.
2: Well, he probably put it in his other arm also because the other one was already, you know, that vein was tapped. <laughs> probably. With all the drug use and, yeah.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, there's a couple of I guess semi popular character actors in the film. Uh Claudia Christian, she kinda did some stuff in the eighties and nineties. Yeah, yeah. Armin Shimmerman, who was uh Quark, I believe, on the Star Trek shows. He plays Weasel.
2: <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Weasel who looks more like a rat, but
3: you know, whatever. <laughs> like a possum to me. Yeah. But, but a possum or Billy can Crystal.
4: We- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot like Billy Yay. Crystal. <laughs>
3: Hey! hey! Uh, uh, he there's uh, Hamilton Camp, who played the forearm thing, the forearm guy, Shorty.
2: That was rough. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. He's pretty- what was, you know, was that, did they do anything to his voice, do you think?
3: I believe they had to have done something to his voice, because I believe he was English. I'm not positive, but he was in a ton oh of God. stuff. I believe he was in a ton of stuff I used to watch growing up. And-
2: okay. Hey, I I didn't really recognize him, but he did look like one of those kind of guys. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. On, we just pop up and everything
4: on the arms. I do, I do want to say something here because uh, better my, than CGI. Wh- okay, first of all,
2: <laughs> just say it. Just say
4: it. Okay, yeah, no, it's better than CGI, I guess. But but here's what I liked about it: occasionally there would be uh, like real arms in replace of of the dummy <laughs> arms. Yes. Um. So I like that, and I also liked how like he would turn sometimes and wasn't mindful of his dummy arms, and they would flail out like. Yeah. Like, he was just some, like... Like,
2: hit him in his gut?
4: Yeah, but it reminded me of, like, like a 16-year-old boy when their arms just, like, hang to the side and they, like, yeah. <laughs> flailing around. Yeah. It was so funny. And then they kept trying to, like, cut away, like, oh, don't look at the arms, don't look at the arms. <laughs> yeah. But it ended up being this weird thing where I kept going, oh, that's right, he has four arms.
2: Yes, <laughs> yes.
4: Like, the whole movie, I was like... Well, he
2: even says it right at the beginning. He's like, I only got four hands. Yeah,
3: he does say that. <laughs> yeah.
2: But, That's right. Which is, I, I, you know, I'm you sure. I'm sure that that character was written just so that line could be in the movie.
3: Exactly. Oh, and yeah. oh. the he they gave him the oversized suit as well. That's right. So they can you know. Boobs.
4: Yeah. Did you notice the he breasts? Did have,
2: he did have some breasts, but yes, he did. you know, those could be testicles on he, an alien. No,
4: he had like DMV lady boobs, <laughs> like big, like. But I'm saying boobs.
2: you don't know his anatomy. Those other two arms could have been like penises, <laughs> even.
3: Ooh. Oh. There was a missed opportunity with the forearms, and that they—I uh, think at one point he's rubbing uh, Steve Armstrong, which is the most blatantly vanilla yeah. hero yeah. name was weird.
4: ever. He could have been and, like, doing the forearm thing. Yes. This was really uncomfortable. There's a Look. couple parts in the movie that made me really uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yes. <laughs> I don't know. I was—I re- got really relaxed all of a sudden in that scene. Oh
4: well, that's
2: good. We'll except talk, for except we'll for one part. <laughs> and there's another actor, character actor.
3: There's two other ones. Uh, this, these are Paul Satterfield. Never really did anything else. But for uh, GGTMC listeners, people who actually listen to the show, there's the Sherry Shattuck. She played Jade. She's actually in a really bad movie called Despa. That's worth. Oh my God! Uh, that everybody should check out. I know Arup is probably if he when he hears this, he's just gonna he's gonna die because he knows what I'm talking about. And then the guy, me and my brother used to me and my brother used to watch Star Trek, and this guy always played a Romulan, I think. And he's he's Rogor in the film.
2: Yeah, the same guy who, he was in Space Mutiny as Calgon. Yes, you're right, he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we my always... girlfriend is now looking at me like <laughs> she wants to break up right now.
4: Not, not we break are, up.
2: We're so close not, to our one-year anniversary, not, it's not even not funny. really
4: break, it wouldn't be funny.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh. You're not going to get your gift. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so he played Calgon in Space Mutiny, which is one of my favorite Mystery Science Theater episodes ever. Yes. I it just ever. Yeah, it's it's, one, of, so it's
3: cool. one of the great bad, guy, uh, bad movies, too. I mean, it's really. Yes, yeah, really
2: it re- so. absolutely is.
3: But he's been in other films, too. You know, uh, he's been in Hardcore, which we covered on the show, and mm-hmm. and a lot of stuff like that. But me and my brother used to always call him, because I don't really know how you say his last name, but we used to just call him Mark Alemo.
4: Because <laughs> we, just, we, just,
3: you know, we thought that all was all funny.
4: people were made fun of in fourth grade associated with this film. <laughs> yes. Like, there's no way they, they escaped that and escaped. <laughs> yeah. Although, I,
3: I don't know, Paul Satterfield, I think he might have been pretty popular in high school, because he looks like the type that might have been popular in high school, probably.
2: I mean, he could have played Flash Gordon, right? He could have, yeah. Yeah, maybe. alternate.
3: Although he's no Sam Jones, no way.
2: Uh, f- no fucking way. <laughs> yeah.
3: No way. But uh, a couple other things. There is some talent behind the camera as well. for Mac Allberg, he shot a lot of good stuff. I, I, don't, I don't know if, uh, Miles, if you know Mac Allberg's work, but uh, I think he
2: No. He may
3: have shot Spinal Tap, maybe? Oh my god! Maybe I'm not positive on that. Let me. Let I was me go. gonna
2: say this. This had a Spinal Tapian quality to it.
4: <laughs> oh. <laughs> Did it really? <laughs> it kind of well.
2: Yeah. well may- and, and, and in that sense, I meant it was a shit sandwich. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yes, it was.
2: Uh, <laughs> it was No, a- I mean the movie doesn't look terrible. It's it it's got that actually. it's got that '80s kind of haze about it. All right. um, but I think a lot of that is due to the costuming and that, you know, all of the all of the rich people in the future have either, like, shimmery clothing or satiny. Like, there's some sort of, re- like, reflective quality to the clothing that they wear. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and including their sheets that they sleep in. They're shinier. Yeah, they're way shiny.
4: Yeah.
3: I was wrong. He did not shoot spinal tap, so we got that. Okay. I was wrong about that, but... I'm just going to give you a list of some of the things he did shoot, okay? He
2: is this going to blow my mind right now, Rick? Or hurt my feelings.
3: This will both blow your mind and hurt your feelings. Okay. Okay, okay so he's on he's on Nocturne and Hell Night, which we've talked about before, before Caleb yep. showed up. Uh, he also did uh, My Tutor, which is one of my favorite uh, guilty pleasures when I was a teenage boy going through puberty. Never seen it? Uh, <laughs> it's a naughty movie.
2: Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> it sounds like a teenage, like the tutor fucks them or something.
3: Uh, Yeah, it's something like that, but it's got okay. Crispin Glover okay. in it, oddly. Awesome. Uh very weird. Uh Chained Heat, Metal Storm. i talked about those oh, already. Okay. Uh shot Trancers, Reanimator.
2: Oh, oh my gosh. Oh. Shot, he, got, you know what? I can see I can see Reanimator.
3: He shot pretty much everything that uh Gordon has done. And then he's done okay. stuff like
2: uh Wait, did he do From Beyond?
3: Uh yes he did, actually, yes. Oh he did, yeah, did,
2: that you oh, know what? Oh. I see I see that for, for sure.
3: He did robot jacks as well.
2: Oh, I, you know what? I still haven't seen Robot Jocks. I'm so ashamed of myself.
3: But at one point, at some point, even with all that greatness, at yeah. some point, his career went off the wire. It went off the rails bad, to big time. He got oh. into My Boyfriend's Back. <gasps> uh, I love
2: that. Don't, <laughs> don't, shut the fuck up, dude. I love that movie.
3: <laughs> he did uh, a, a great TV movie that I watched as a youngster because it showed uh, uh, the lady that played the mom on Family Matters or whatever oh. that show was, Breast of My Breast or whatever it was called.
4: <laughs> what? A
3: TV movie,
4: <laughs> my, bre- my breast. The yeah, TV movie was called My Breast. <laughs> was this a Lifetime movie? <laughs> yeah,
3: no, it was. I think it was on ABC, but it, it was a big deal. <laughs> about because-
4: breast cancer. <laughs> yeah, it was a big oh, deal. Okay, all right, that makes more sense.
3: Elizabeth Baxter Burney, that was her name, right? Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. I was, yeah. Like, no, that's uh, out over here.
2: you're not Family Matters. Yeah, um,
3: yeah. Okay, it was Family Ties, right?
2: Was family. Was no. What was, what was it? I don't know. They, they not-
4: all lived in a two story house. <laughs> Oh wait, you know what? Maybe, maybe
2: family ties. Maybe. My, my, I can't Michael J. Remember Fox was, was on the show, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that's oh, that's family ties. Yeah, there we go. That's that's the one. She played the mom, but it was she bi- met the mom from like the Urkel <laughs> show. <laughs> no, no, family no, no. matters. it matters. It was
3: a very big deal because there was a full breast shot in a TV film, and at the what? time, yeah, yeah, she shows her breast in the film. And
4: it was medical. I
2: guess they they must have gotten away with it because of that.
3: Yeah, yes, yes it was. Yeah.
4: I wonder if they just showed one breast.
3: They did. They did. I okay. remember it. Excuse I remember it, it vividly.
2: There's so, a Rick, after after that breast shot, did you and your brother start wrestling on the, uh, like, living room floor immediately after? <laughs> yes.
3: Actually, I think he was, I think I was older by then, and I didn't want him to be around me at that time. It was yeah. kind of creepy then at that point. But yeah. just to keep going, he shot the uh, Brady Bunch movie. He shot uh, oh, oh,
2: awesome. uh,
3: all kinds of great stuff, uh, including uh, Deathbed, The Bed That Eats.
2: Oh, my God. Uh,
3: oh,
4: my God. I've never seen that.
3: <laughs> Evil Bong. And oh, of course, uh, my favorite that he shot, uh, one of the great bad movies of all time, Good Burger. So,
4: oh <laughs> my God,
3: he's had a wow. very career. So there you go. <laughs>
2: this guy's like uh, the Michael Chapman of bad movies.
3: <laughs> and the funny thing is, he's from he's from like Switzerland or Germany or somewhere, and he's like you know oh. comes over and shoots like Beverly Hills Cop three. That's,
2: that's always amazing to me when these craftsmen, like I mean, these are guys who take their profession so seriously, end up shooting a movie like Arena. It's. I mean, it's stunning. What would
3: you guys think about the music in the movie?
4: <laughs> okay, wait. I have something specifically <laughs> relating to the music. Uh, when uh, not Christopher Reeves is making out with sexy blonde lady, it, like she basically walks up and says, "Like, hey, you're really attractive," and he's like, "Hey, uh, we should hang out, you know, and relax." <laughs> yeah. And then she's very coyly saying, "Am I supposed to help re- you relax or something like that?" And then he goes, basically, yeah. And then they look at each other. And then she hands him her microchip business card. Yeah. And which they're just like going to have sex. Like, that's all it is. There's nothing like, yeah. intri- you know. The, he should just,
2: have handed her, like, or she should have handed him, like, her hymen or something.
4: Something like that. Something <laughs> more symbolic, at least. It was so cheap. But when they get there, he walks in. She's not ready yet, which means she doesn't have her perfume on yet.
2: Yeah. And then. That's right.
4: She, and then she puts her perfume on. If that's how she puts her perfume on all the time, that's really weird. But I don't know if she was expecting him to watch. Anyway. That's
2: how they do it in space, Caitlin. Oh,
4: okay. My my whole thing was, the thing that struck me is really funny, is they're having, like, a obvious rendezvous, and they're playing totally falling in love music. <laughs> like... Like the kind of music you should be playing when there's like a real beautiful moment happening. When really these <laughs> people are just fucking. Like that's all. The, it's just gonna be space sex. And also,
2: we we already it. know that she's like double crossed him at this point in the movie. Yeah, it just maybe a spoiler. So why wouldn't they do the bum 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 bum? bum yeah, that sort of thing.
4: Yeah, yeah. and then she comes in with champagne. You know, that's bad news. I yeah. don't know.
2: She doesn't drink it, obviously.
3: Oh yeah, yeah. That, that's a problem right there. I mean, how many movies have you have you seen where you know she she's at least got to attempt to drink it? She don't even attempt to.
2: No, no. No, no. And
3: Slam Goodbody's just like, oh, man. He just, <laughs> he just so downs innocent. you. know, yeah. So innocent. What I loved about her apartment, though, was I've never seen more use of water in a space.
4: <laughs> yeah, there's got to be like a mildew issue for her <laughs> yeah. place, right? I mean, like, that's like black mold waiting to happen.
3: Yeah, look, I've owned fish tanks. I've owned like 29-gallon fish tanks, <laughs> and they're a bitch to keep clean. I can't imagine keeping this place clean.
2: I bet her lungs look like a six-month-old pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Nice. I don't think I'd ever thought that would be something that would be said on this show ever.
2: <laughs> I just thought of it just now. You're welcome. It could have been a show-show exclusive, but I'm a giver. <laughs>
3: That's right. Yeah. You've already there talked you about the, uh, the really bad gladiator costume, which is totally yeah. true. It's about one of the worst ones you'll ever see with some awful yeah. football pads. I mean, these football pads are... These shoulder pads he's wearing—I mean, they're just awful. They just look like knee pads or something. He just put on his shoulders or something. It's just yeah. terrible.
4: Bajinic, Bajinic
2: it's like almost kind of pre-leatherhead. <laughs> kind of, uh, yeah,
4: his his weird gummy suit kind of looked like Lilu's jumpsuit in The Fifth Element a little bit. I <laughs> yeah, it's like a more,
2: say. a more protective Fifth Element Lilu uh, bandage outfit. There yeah. are
4: a lot of Fifth Element shades of The Fifth Element in this movie. Yeah, all the I flying
2: opinion.
3: cars. Yeah, you got the Songstress. You know, you got that stuff. Even though she yeah. has a get like Oh right. my God, that's
4: right.
2: So and that was the word
3: I have I to believe he. I have picture, to believe he saw this film.
2: Terrible taste in music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> I have to believe he saw this film. The guy that did fulfillment. I can't remember his name. What's his name again?
2: Uh, Luke Besson.
3: That's right. That's right. I have to believe he may have seen this film and been like that. Yeah. That has got it right. <laughs> oh
4: my god! He knows what Always he's the doing. Oh, he's a stand-up comedian. <laughs> <laughs> oh my guy, god! His, I wrote it down. His his big tagline is "I hate your guts."
2: <laughs> yeah. My. I and I everyone my- laughed. My favorite joke in the film is one that Shorty has early on when he sees like the two fish aliens. It's like last time I saw someone that, I, or last time I saw a face that ugly, it had a hook in it, which <laughs> leads me to believe that there's fishing in space. Yes, yes. which well, doesn't make any sense.
3: Well, she had nine koi ponds in her apartment, so I think it's it, true. <laughs> it may happen, you know. I don't know. Um, yeah. <laughs> because of the, uh, I got a note here that says uh, because of the. Uh, you know, the massive amount of special effects and the costumes that people have to wear, a lot of the fights in the film are shot really, really close. So yes. there's not a lot of movement or anything. Like nowadays, the big deal would be to pull back and have yeah. a computer animated uh, character. And I'm basically, really, I'm speaking of like the one scene, especially with the uh, – I don't know what it was, like a giant grasshopper
2: thing. Yeah, the giant – and I think Shorty even calls him that. Like he's like, get out of here, you overgrown grasshopper, <laughs> which I- also seems to me like a slur.
4: <laughs> I, yeah, I I, gen, I, really think it just looks like a monster that's birthing itself.
2: <laughs> it was like, yeah, it awesome. did look like pregnant legs giving birth to a worm or something. some
4: weird inverted mess up in, in evolution, that thing. I don't know what was going on with that. Was it that the, point, the crap out of me.
2: Caitlin, in, in that fight, was that the point when you texted me, Arena is weird.
4: Yes. <laughs> yes. You know. Yeah. yeah.
3: One of the funny things about the film is it's it's very standard. So, I mean, everybody's seen this kind of movie before, but yeah. one of the things that drove me nuts, it's always drove me nuts about this film, is mm-hmm. that they're all about working for the championship, but they're working for the championship is literally one fight, one training session, championship fight. Yeah.
2: There wasn't
4: That's, even a montage.
3: Yeah. And he gives, he <laughs> gives the other
2: former human champion all these props for, he's like, you won 50 fights, I can't take your medal. And he's like, just take it. And he's like, okay. And then he wins, like, fights and then the commissioner of like monster boxing is like hey we want uh slam Goodbody to fight thorn for the championship
3: that commissioner right reminded, he reminded me of that guy on saturday night live that does the prince impersonation i can't remember his name what's his name the
2: uh Who the, are you talking about now
3: yeah yeah he's like he, well he used to be on there i don't know if he's still on there now uh i can't remember
2: his Will name Will forte is it no forte? i'm sorry not uh, fred Armisen.
3: Yeah, yeah, Armisen—that's he reminds me of a little bit. Oh, okay. The the box, the uh, commissioner, not the not Rogar, whatever the hell is. Yeah, name not was. Rogar. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they, they just one freaking fight, you know. And he's he's I like I like the uh, the uh, kind of dinosaur thing he fights to train with. It's pretty funny.
4: Yeah, yeah they're gonna go get some lunch. Yeah, yeah. I
2: like that part. Want to go get something to eat? <laughs> oh man, that kid, you're strong. <laughs> yeah.
3: There's all kinds of little moments like, and he's like, "Good, good job." And he's like, "Okay, Steve, okay." Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> All kinds of little
3: moments like that. It's very funny.
2: <laughs> oh, man. It's pretty great. They've I like to... that he has lobster claws also. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah. It's very strange, and he's very rubbery, very rubbery. I, I got
2: to say, the sorry to interrupt, Rick, but I, I really liked the the makeup stuff in this movie. I thought it reminded yeah. me a lot of Guyver 2, Dark Hero. Yeah. 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 There's, I mean, that's another really cheesy, pretty bad movie, but you watch it because... There are some great monsters, great-looking monsters, fighting. And I think this would actually make for a good double feature with Guyver, too.
3: That's actually a, a very big uh, Fangoria film, too, as well. Star-in yeah, Star-in. it
2: was. Both of them, I think, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, around the same thing. So you
2: had uh, Mark Fuck. How am I forgetting the guy who was in I'm <laughs> Mark not, Hamill? I'm not aware Mark of Mark. Mark turning <laughs> into a giant centipede? Yeah,
3: I'm not aware of Mark Fuck's <laughs> filmography, but I'm sure. Yeah, Mark
2: <laughs> I think, I think he was poop. in the film that, uh, that Will that Yeah, there you go
3: yeah <laughs> oh nice oh, wait a minute hang on a second I gotta check something real quick
2: oh you're gonna check if Mark Fuck actually was in that film that uh, Will reviewed
3: no I just discovered that the guy that starred in one of the Giver films Guyver Dark Hero is David Hader who does the voice of Solid Snake and all the Metal Gear games I had no and, idea
2: uh, and wrote I think the first two X-Men movies
3: yeah yeah you're right
2: yeah Yeah. wow a, yeah, yeah that guy's had world. a very strange career yes. small world
3: yeah. Okay, I only got a few more notes here. Um, one of my favorite things, we know, and this is always a true sign of evil, and yeah, I know you guys are going to agree with me, you always know when your bad guy is really, really tough and really, really bad, and we're talking about Horn here, because right. he grabs two security guards and he bumps their heads together.
4: Yeah, he, cra- yep. he crashed them together. <laughs> yeah.
2: The bad guy always goes, like, throws the... <laughs> Like the good guy into the audience and then starts beating up the patrons. <laughs> yeah. That's you always bet. the thing to do.
4: Crossing the line. Because
2: I think I think Zeus does that. In no holds barred, right? Yeah, I think you're right.
4: Oh my god, oh my god. And that's
2: the same year. Whoa. This was a big move This was a big year for things fighting each other in movies. Yeah. Yeah. And I say things in regards to no holds barred as well.
4: Yeah.
3: Yes, No Holds Barred is a lot of fun. I like that film. It's
2: fucking great.
4: We have fun watching that. Dookie! Oh my god. Uh, that was a mess. It was a mess. I know. Literally. Yes. Alright.
2: But, uh,. But, yeah, sorry,
3: Rick. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I just saw that moment, and I knew, you know, I knew then that Steve Armstrong had to win, because <laughs> yeah, you, you can't have a character that exists that, you know, treats the poorest, you know, bland security guards that you can't tell yeah. the difference to, you know, the stormtroopers, quote-unquote. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and this film, we might also say, we we probably neither one of us mentioned, none of us mentioned this, but this film totally rips off Star, Star Wars in the beginning.
4: Don't even get me started. <laughs> I can't, I was like, are we just going to hang out in the bar the whole time? <laughs> yeah. I don't
3: see it. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> Even also- to the point to where the model of the, the engines on the last ship that the zooms by, the back end of yeah. it, looks exactly like this, the uh, Princess Leia ship. So
4: Here's what a dork I am. I also think that bar, the actual bar, looks like the bar in the new Star Trek ah. that Chris Pine kicks everybody's ass in. Oh, yes. It's like the, it's like the same bar.
2: <laughs> this is true. I think he
4: recycled the set, probably. Most likely.
2: Yeah. Well, well you know, J.J. Abrams is very thrifty.
4: Yeah. <laughs>
3: It's very odd because I thought, you know, at first I thought maybe they just recycled the uh, the kind of fast food set that they that Shorty's cooking in. The really weird thing about that scene must
2: have actually, yeah. The
3: really weird thing about that scene is I can actually remember tables. I don't know if they have them like that anymore, but I remember tables like that in like McDonald's I would go to when I was a kid with the little little circular seats and stuff. Oh yeah,
4: totally
3: remember those things. And they had the iron bars that came out, and I always ended up hitting my shin on them or something like that.
4: (laughs) Yeah, I always got messed up on those things too. I was not a fan.
3: They're dangerous.
4: I actually fell once, and I got my foot... Anyway, that hurt a lot. It was bad.
3: <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the film's a very standard film, but it's, it, it, it's, it's simple fun. I think, uh, you know, we went over the the fact that Shorty's kind of like... He kind of adopts Steve Armstrong, and he takes him into the... You know, you get your standard tropes of like the underground element on the space station and, you
2: know. Takes him into the womb of the space station. Yes, yes. So that he might be reborn. (laughs) Symbolism? (laughs) Maybe.
4: There's a lot of this that makes no sense, but it's supposed to mean something. (laughs) I know that. It points to something bigger. We just don't know what it is.
2: (laughs) is You know what the giant, the symbolism is? USA, USA. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Yeah, there's a little bit of that going on, too.
2: Yeah. yeah, and also white people are awesome. <laughs> white white blonde haired dudes yeah. can yeah. beat up any other species yeah. or race on the planet. I
4: was this talk is about a really this. yeah. yeah this, were, I was concerned.
3: Hitler yeah. Hitler would have loved this film.
2: He would have loved. this Oh, he would have been such a fan. <laughs> yep.
3: Yes, you can't ask for a more uh, like I said first you know earlier a more bland. Kind of every man American, or not even American, I guess maybe we should say Aryan. Uh, yeah, that's right. Hero. I mean, he is just, you know, I'm, I'm kind of glad this guy didn't do anything else because I'm a yeah. fan of these kind of films. And, you know, typically if we got a hero like this, I tend to follow all their films to kind of see what they do. Uh, yeah. We do that with all these kind of crazy B actors like Sean Donahue and, and all you know all these guys, even. Sean Donahue. Of course. <laughs> yes. All these, John Don, all these kind of guys and stuff, but this guy didn't really go on and do anything except soap operas, I believe. So, which yeah. totally fits his kind of character. You can, and also let me mention this. This is my one last note. You know, he's really messed up from the drugged uh, kind of cognac and everything because his hair's <laughs> messed up.
2: Yeah, that's right. Nothing,
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, Nothing else about him is really messed up except that his hair looks uncombed. So, you know, he's drugged and the doctor's like, he's had a lot of poison. <laughs>
4: yeah. I think uh, I think that the the best way to describe our hero in this movie is efficient. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's a very efficient hero. He just uh he like kind of, clockwork,
2: he, like a German watch.
4: Exactly. He moves through all the plot points uh swiftly and you get everything that's going on and then it's over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you're going forward.
2: Yes. I really got invested in his comp.
4: <laughs> oh man. Wait, mine? No, his. Oh. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Nice. But uh, that's pretty much all my notes. If you guys want to talk about a few other things I might
2: have missed. Um, no. <laughs> what? Come on, Miles. you got to have something. <laughs> well, you know me. I don't take notes. But, Caitlin, do you, uh, do you have some notes? I'll riff. I, I can, I'm I a do. good riffer.
4: Okay. I could not help but start to write down. I, I mean, every movie kind of reminds you of another movie. But this movie had a weird quality of, like, drumming up really vivid kind of, like, recollections of movies I had seen. And I don't know if, if I was alone in this, but the, I made a list of the movies that this movie reminded me of. Bridge is, on the River Kwai. Right. Good. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so nice. I have um, I have Fifth Element, Strip Strip Striptease, Ooh. Beetlejuice.
3: Ooh.
4: I mean, Xena, I guess, isn't, like, you know, a movie. But there was some Xena, like, I think it was the score and, like, those high, <laughs> weird angles. Because... They were trying to balance the short guy next to the super tall guy yeah. all the time. Okay. So you had those weird, anyway, uh, the, uh, I already said the, the Rocky, mm-hmm.
3: <laughs>
4: Star Wars, and Gladiator. Like, specifically.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It has all those qualities. It definitely does.
4: Yeah, I mean, not just plot stuff, though. Like, the outfits and, uh, I don't know, it was really creepy. Um, And Stairway to Stardom. And I put on Stairway to Stardom because (laughs) there were those horrible routines, like, twice. Like, there was the, the dumb singing girl and then the bad comedian. Yeah, and I already went over his punchline. But
2: now, is it wrong that I thought that the evil girl was actually quantifiably sexier than the nice girl? So who, much better looking. Who we were supposed to be rooting for in this movie? Yeah, is that wrong, Rick?
3: I don't think so. Sherry Sheddick, the uh, yeah. girl that's in Despa.
2: Yeah, I I like the other girl. Like she's always fun to see in those in those kind of full moon movies. These low budget kind of action or horror, so- like you know, movies. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, the other girl, the blonde girl, who's like devilish was so much better i thought and so much better looking
3: yeah yeah claudia christian is she's a little uh well i don't want to sound too mean but she's a little she's a little homely a little uh
4: she's
2: boring
3: yeah and she's
2: the girl said it it's just the it's the eyebrows i think is the big part of it she's got a little
3: bit of a manly jaw too yes
2: yeah, she, yeah. yeah, she does yes she does bless her. that's Mark. why that's why she was into the uh fighting i guess maybe
3: yeah, she does. There's, there's some great moments where she like rolls her eyes and stuff. And uh, yeah. one of my favorite things she does is when she's when he's training with the big uh, dinosaur thing. And she's like, "Come on, Steve! Come on, Steve!" Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah.
3: It sounds <laughs> kind of lame, but it made me laugh every time she did it. It's like, "Come on, Steve!"
2: Yeah, <laughs> see, uh, she's kind of the boof of the movie. <laughs>
3: <laughs> she is kind of actually is. Yeah. <laughs>
4: um, the other thing on uh, on how you know you have a villain. Um, the, not 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 Horn, but I can't remember the other guy's name. The guy, who, thank you. Yeah. Um. He used the Idiot. phrase. He used the phrase "infernal computer," <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like like the brain or something. Like that's right. Like uh, anyway, there was that, and then I came away from this movie with one big question: Were we watching the Las Vegas of space or the Reno of space?
2: <laughs> that's uh, a good question, actually. Because. We, I think we're watching the Reno. I'm space. going with Reno as well. You're going to go yeah.
4: with Reno too? I don't yeah. know though. There was some high rollers involved.
2: It was the biggest little space station.
4: Okay, but here's the thing. The reason why I'm, wor- I'm worried it's the Vegas of space is because of the magnitude of this arena situation. Like it's this big tournament. So why would that happen Yeah, there were, there. <laughs> there
2: were several people there. There were several people <laughs> there.
4: There were several people watching the stand-up comedian. I don't know why I'm so obsessed with that guy. It just yeah. really upset me.
2: I guess that guy that guy then must have been the George Wallace of, of space.
3: <laughs> the quality of the entertainment, the stand-up comedian and the pop music has driven the space station to create arena boxing.
2: That's I think what, that's what it it must have been like, you know, I'm sure that space station was really peaceful when it first got like <laughs> off the ground. They had their music, they had their stand-up comedy and then it was just like those two things combined drove them into this fucking blood frenzy where it's like we need to see uh, like two things killing each other.
4: Okay. And there's I'll, a, I'll go there, with you on that. There's one. a
3: really odd moment too of slow motion too where we get some spittle out of Horn's mouth that just disturbed yeah. disturbed <laughs> me to nice. him. I
2: thought Horn looked great, man. Like I yeah. that's that's some great makeup. Yeah. I mean it but- really reminded me of Ninja Turtles also.
3: <laughs> it was like he looked like a dog sneezing. Yeah. When he got punched.
4: <laughs> he just continuously sneezing? <laughs> yes. I like that. Yeah, that's um, good. Perpetual sneeze.
2: Yeah.
4: Um I do want to say something cuz you mentioned this earlier, but I yeah. I do always prefer live action over CG, especially when you're attaching things to bodies. Like yeah. Yeah, yeah. even if it's like kind of hokey, it's still more fun. It just is better. Yeah, I, I agree. Know, I just wish more movies did it. I I really do.
3: Yeah, I
2: if, know. If I, that Real Steel movie had uh, people in robot suits like Millennium style, mm-hmm. I would see that in two seconds.
3: Yeah, yeah. Or even, I mean, I know you haven't seen Robot Jocks, but that's stop motion. But there's still something
4: so fun.
2: Yeah, I, I've seen those fight scenes for sure. Like I, I watched it on YouTube yeah. or whatever. But yeah, there's, no, it it still looks better, and it's still there's a quality to it that just makes it more fun in general. I would say.
3: I think it's the actual physics. I think the human brain, oh, yeah. you know, attaches it. You know, when you're watching something like that. You're you're putting actual physics to what you're watching, whereas with CGI, your brain automatically turns off some of that actual touching that's supposed to be going on. I mean, it doesn't Mm – no matter what – I don't really have a big problem with CGI blood. It's going to be around. There's nothing I can do about that, but – I have a bigger problem with CGI interaction with human characters. I have a bigger problem with that because it still feels like it still feels like an American in Paris to me. It still feels like that. I don't know why everybody thinks
4: <laughs> Yeah. It still feels
3: like that to me. me. It still feels like a it still feels like a, a gimmick.
2: Question. If there's CGI blood, is there CGI AIDS?
3: <laughs> yeah, it's it's possible, and, yes.
2: <laughs> and why haven't they been animated yet?
4: Oh man. <laughs>
3: that's that's a good question, actually, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Space comic's name was Cliff Lance on this film.
2: Cliff Lance, <laughs> oh, Jesus!
4: Oh man! And then all the laughing—they—they they were all laughing like this.
3: <laughs> you'll be—you'll be surprised to know this is Cliff Lance's only film.
2: Oh my God!
4: What do you mean? <laughs> yes, I'm—I'm a- I'm, not—I don't believe you.
2: Wait, didn't he? No, he played Ethan Hunt in Mission Impossible, didn't he?
3: <laughs> no, yeah,
2: oh, he that's Tom Cruise. Shit.
3: <laughs> Oh, but yeah, you know, you brought up a good point. You brought up the real steel film. And I was thinking the other day when I saw that, uh, that trailer and I'd listened to you talk on one of your, one of the show shows and you'd said you would watched arena and I saw that real steel trailer and I thought, you know, that's a lot like arena, but it doesn't look nearly as much fun to me as arena is. So,
2: I mean, it it may surprise us. It could be, I mean, let's, let's be real though. Like 20 years from now, there's going to be some 13 or 14 year old kid who rents real steel and it becomes like his arena, this dumb movie that he ends up renting when his friends come over to spend the night. You know, um, it's just it's not for us anymore.
3: I have a I have a really bad feeling about Real Steel, strictly because of the director of the film.
2: <laughs> I know that's that is the weirdest choice to direct a movie like Sean Levy, um, Caitlin. He directed Night at the Museum One and Two.
4: What? Yeah.
2: yeah, he's it's a it's a bizarre fucking choice to direct that movie. I don't get it. So we'll see. But anyway, I mean, that's that's all I really I you know, all I really wanted to do on this sort of thing was chime in anyway. So I, I think I'm I'm good if you want to do like the make or break and the uh, most valuable thing in the movie.
3: I'm fe- hey, there's Will. Hey, it's, Will. It's, it's Will. Will, you there? Hey,
0: what's going Yeah, what's going on? <laughs> hey, buddy. <laughs>
3: Hey, you just chimed in. Yeah, this conference called you into the review here.
0: Oh, fuck, sorry, man. I didn't know uh, if you guys were going to be recording and I wanted to test out the Skype feature on the phone finally. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <Awesome>. <laughs> we got uh, this we were just talking about this off the, while we were on the air. Miles was like, "Hey, is is Caitlin the first female on the show?" And I was thinking, "Well, yes, she is." But then I thought, "Well, no, because Will's wife's going to be this is, this is going to be the first time a female's ever been on the show in any capacity."
0: It, well, it was a kind of a photo finish. Uh, it was it's great. It's kind of segues into Ladies Appreciation Month I've two fine females involved in uh in the recording of the episode i wish i could have been there for this historic event on your guys end as well um to talk arena but (laughs) such is life i guess uh i'm just getting off a 92 hour uh 92 hour seven day work week ouch (laughs) what so it's pretty disgusting but the upside is i'm heading out to cuba in less than 48 hours i'll be there so nice awesome yeah, fuck <laughs> man, I can't <laughs> wait. It's gonna be good.
1: I'm sorry. I'm sorry
0: to <laughs> tell me you got that, Rick. Please. Yeah, the the yeah the,
4: the... just abducted.
2: Hey, Will, are you still there? Oh I man, think he was on his phone. I think... there, there you oh, are. Man. You're back. you got... back.
0: God. What what happened there?
2: When, when you, you said you're, you're <laughs> just gonna have to listen, dude. Yeah. That was
0: amazing.
3: The, the, we so... never described it. Yeah, something happened with the call quality, but it, it dragged out a word, and it was awesome. <laughs>
0: Oh, nice. I was auto tuning. Yeah, that. you were. That's
4: exactly <laughs> what it sounded like. Yeah. yeah.
0: I, what, did I say Shorty or what was I saying? <laughs> he said, Yeah. Which is pretty much appropriate.
2: <laughs> Which
3: is well, funny. What? If he would have said Shorty, it would have been appropriate too because there's a character in the movie named Shorty.
2: Oh, my uh, God. Synergy.
0: <laughs> Weird.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Okay. Good times. Okay, nice. Bob, is I thought, thought you were, well, <laughs> were going to pick the Joe D'Amato Pam Greer. The, the,
3: the, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the call, yeah, that call quality has turned into Chevy Chase and spies like us now.
4: Oh, <laughs> oh that's that's low. Well, if you,
3: yeah, if you can he's still gone, hear me, buddy, yeah. you're gone. So we'll, we'll talk uh, I was to you soon.
2: Tell him to uh, slather those kids in uh, in some sunscreen before he goes down there.
3: Here he goes. He's calling back. You can hear the little ringing noise in the background there.
4: Let's I was going to ask him to talk about black holes.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Are you back, Will? Well, yeah. he might chime in or say he might be able to hear us, but we can't.
2: <laughs> sorry. I'm so sorry.
3: <laughs> Either way.
2: All right. Uh, is that pretty much everything we got to say about Arena, though? I think so.
3: There's Will. Think- Will there? Be there. Hey.
0: There you- hey, <laughs> yeah. Hey! okay, listen, I, I don't want to derail this. I want to <laughs> tell you all to have a great week. Miles, Kalen, thank you so much for filling in. Of and uh, Shorty's out, so you guys have a great review.
2: <laughs> Thanks, man. Right. Right. Yeah, have fun you, in
0: Cuba, man. <laughs> for sure, I'll, uh, I'll take lots of pictures and send them to you guys. So take care, guys. Later, bro. Later, Bye. man. Bye. <laughs> right. oh, that was
3: nice. Yeah, it was nice. The other side of the GGTMC showed up.
2: <laughs> there we go. Um, yeah, so I got. I, I can uh, want to do make or breaks and most valuable. Things yeah, I don't know, know if
3: Caitlin, is Kaylin of the make or break the most valuable thing. Nope, was... I
2: didn't tell her anything
3: about
4: no, this. No, why don't you go ahead and give me a good old intro. <laughs> I don't uh, get it.
2: So we have the make or break scene which is the scene that you felt either made or broke the film, depending on how much you like it. Oh, okay. Um, And then you have the most valuable thing, which could be an actor, the director, the cinematographer, whatever. Whatever you felt like was the most important part of the movie. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Okay, I'm going last. Okay. All right,
3: Miles, since you you mostly did riffing, let's make make you go first.
2: All right. My (laughs) um, make-or-break scene was, I think... um, I'm going to say it was the, like the opening fight scene was a make or break for me because you can either like do those animatronic puppety fighters well, or you can't. And when I realized that they were going to look good and that the movie was going to be as silly as it was with Thorn versus Spinner, um, I thought that that like it, it to me said, because it was also intercut with scenes of Steve Armstrong and Shorty working at like, Basically, uh, a space food court.
3: Yeah, yeah. I thought, was, um, I thought he was making pancakes. I didn't know what he was making over there.
2: Yeah, so when I saw that, I was like, all right, there's going to be fun monster fights, and there's going to be, like, really cheesy glow 80s sness about this movie. So I'm in, and I, and I had a lot of fun with it. So, yeah. Um, that's the make or break. I think the most valuable thing um, is... Is it horn or thorn? Yeah. I think
3: it's it's horn right it's,
2: it's gotta be horn. it's gotta be horn. I keep calling him thorn for some reason um yeah it's I think it's horn like the the ninja turtle sort of lip movement that yeah. he had going on
0: yeah.
2: um everything about that character that he was sort of like a robot it's it, you know what actually that's man bear pig from south Park, yeah. I think come to life, and um, I love that character, I loved his voice. I loved uh, I loved pretty much everything about him, and you know what? I, I actually wish he would have won.
3: He is actually in Ginger Dead Man. That guy that plays him is in Ginger Dead Man 2, Passion of the Crust.
2: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my God.
3: What? <laughs> and he also played Gary the Monster in Little Nicky. What a weird career some of these people Literally. end up having.
4: Little Nicky. <laughs> oh, wow. yeah, that. Yeah. Oh,
3: there's a movie called Kung Fu Rascals, and I'd never heard of it
2: before. Oh, my God. Wait, that's got to be sort of like, what's that movie that I watched like forever ago and Roop keeps trying to get me to talk about? Pocket Ninjas. Oh,
3: yeah, that's the uh, Zadar film.
2: Pocket Ninjas.
3: (laughs) Kung Fu Rascals.
2: That thing looks like it was shot on a disposable camera one frame at a time, Pocket Ninjas. It it
3: probably was. Yeah. It was a great review of that on Action Attraction. That show, check that out. Oh, man. What's your score for the film then?
2: Um, I'm going to give it, I think it's an enjoyable film. It's cheesy. It's, you know, it's not the best thing ever, but I think it's that nostalgic kick that we were talking about before. Uh Um, uh I think I would probably give this a solid seven.
3: Oh, nice. Nice.
2: Yeah. Seven out of ten.
3: Okay. So, uh, Caitlin, you think you got the hang of it or you want me to go for it? Yeah.
4: Yeah. I'm going to be okay. 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 So, make or break was that really, it was interesting because I'm kind of surprising myself answering this this way, but... That really awkward scene where he's massaging uh, his back, <laughs> and uh, also the uber-villain is there, and I can't remember his name either for some reason right now. What is it? It's like...
2: Ra- rag? Rogar. 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 Rogar, right. Well,
4: how could I forget that? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, it's, it's spelled
3: I, the same way, both forwards and backwards.
4: That's oh, right. <laughs> ooh. Is that an Anagram? was yes. it is, okay. is that, yeah, yeah
3: there is an anagram that's correct
4: right. I feel really good about myself right now yep. um
3: I almost called it an oxymoron <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh, geez. you
2: know I would have called if I weren't already on the show
3: <laughs> yes you would have you would have called me up um,
2: Rick <laughs> and I
3: would have said irregardless smiles <laughs> oh.
4: um but yeah I, I thought to myself when I was watching that scene you know if I haven't turned this movie off now. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to turn it off because I got through that scene and I'm, I'm willing to deal with what a weird fucking thing that just was like, <laughs> and you know, I mean, I could already, I've already dealt with the self birthing monster and whatever. So mm-hmm. I, I'm like, okay, I, I, I guess I like this movie because <laughs> otherwise I just would have turned it, turned it off. So uh, I guess that's make or break. No, um, most valuable thing. I, probably the makeup, right? I mean, just in general? Like, can't yeah, I, can yeah, I go you know that what? broad? Yeah, like, you I mean, can do that. You, that. It needed to be good. If that had been really bad, I would argue that would have really, really, really fucked up the movie. It could have,
2: like, it could have fucked it up beyond repair, or it could have made it even funnier.
4: Yeah, yeah. The pacing was good, too. But yeah. I would say that uh, overall the most valuable thing that they pulled off was the makeup and the puppets and stuff. So okay. it was good. I liked it. And score, I'd, I'm i going to do six and a half. I'm not going to give it a seven. Okay. But I would give it a six and a half, and I liked it. And I think everybody would probably enjoy the movie. And it's a good movie to watch with friends, for sure.
3: Yeah, and it's nice and short, too. It's like a 90-minute film. so it's an- yeah.
4: yeah, what happened to 90-minute movies?
3: <laughs> Source know.
2: Code's 90 minutes, I heard.
4: Yeah. Really? Yeah,
2: okay. I'm impressed by that, actually. I,
4: I like 90-minute movies. Yes,
3: I do, too. I'm a big fan of the 90-minute movie. <laughs>
4: Yeah. I have a whole thing. I don't think any romantic comedy especially should be longer than ninety minutes. Like no. there's no reason for it to be longer than ninety minutes.
2: If Deadly Prey though had gone on for another ninety minutes, in addition, I would have been happy with that. <laughs> well yeah, there's some
3: films that I'd want to never end, but That's uh right. <laughs> You know, that's, that's the way that goes. Um, okay. <laughs> My make or break is, uh, it, it. this is weird. I agree with uh, both of you, but on two different things. My make or break is the opening fight as well, because from that point on, I'm I'm saddled in, I'm ready to go, I like the different color spotlights, I never even thought about the purple thing, that's pretty yeah. interesting. <laughs> yeah, film. I was
4: a comp lit major, so there you go, I <laughs> really? used my degree finally. <laughs> yeah. I, I still haven't gotten paid to use it yet, so.
3: <laughs> nice. Uh, the uh, I never even, I mean, this film's deeper than I ever even imagined, I never had any ideas, so there we go. That's great. Uh, but I did like the opening fight, if you're, in, if you're in for that, I think you're in for the whole thing, because... There is some downtime in the film, a couple of moments and stuff, and really that that hero fighter that he kind of looks up to, that thing that never really amounts to anything except for Nothing. a moment. Nothing. A moment in the crowd where he's like,
2: "Go, Steve!" You know. Well, why didn't they get like a Will Smith or even a um, God who plays the lead Trancers? Tim Thomerson?
3: Yeah, yeah Why didn't they get
2: Tim Thomerson?
3: That would have been the, perfect, actually. Yeah. Because uh, you know the, he was
2: already a full moon guy too. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. That would have been perfect. But that guy, he had no real weight or any kind of, you know, real quality except the fact that he no. was this quote-unquote champion. So they really wasted an opportunity there. My MVT is the makeup, so I agree with Caitlin on that because I really do like the makeup in this film. Uh, I think people who like uh, old-school makeups and things like that, mask and, and these kind of prosthetics mm-hmm. and stuff, will really kind of dig this film. It's, it's not groundbreaking, but it, it's quality. It's, it's, it's pretty good. And yeah. the, the character of Horn in particular is pretty impressive when you think about all the movement he's got to do and everything else. Yeah, no, he looks great. Yeah, um,
4: there are a lot of wide shots for him, actually. A lot.
3: Yeah, yeah. My score for the film is a 6.75, so I'm, like, right in the middle.
4: <laughs> <laughs> you fucking did
2: that on purpose. <laughs> no, I didn't. I wrote, I got it written down right here. Uh-huh. I got it that's written down. Insane. 6.
3: That's 7. insane. 6.75. So, you know, there you go. So, well,
2: that's cool, man. I can I can live with that. I'm
3: just happy there's other people in the world who like Arena. Was, me besides too, me and my brother,
2: <laughs> yeah. When when Katie said she watched it, I fucking you. I mean, you must have heard. I fucking flipped out. Yeah, I,
3: yeah. This is another great reason why I think Netflix Instant Watch is great. A lot of people like it for the convenience of watching. newer Like my wife, she's much more a fan of newer films. She's not really interested in yeah. in history of cinema, and and this sounds very important for a film called Arena, but it's it's is that not what this is. <laughs> yeah, but, but what I love about Netflix Instant Watch is is that it's it's created like this this Intergalactic in a weird way, uh, yeah. It, oh no. Like video store for people. Like now everybody can yeah. relate to what I felt like when I used to go to the video store and rent these big box movies.
2: Flipping through that that list of titles sometimes does feel like walking around a blockbuster on a Friday night. Yeah, yeah.
3: Do you ever do what I do? There's sometimes I go on Netflix Instant Watch and I literally just flip through titles. I don't even watch anything. I'll spend 15 or yeah. 20 minutes just flipping through yeah. titles and then it's hypnotizing. And then I'll go to bed.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's like this it's is fun. my,
3: this, yeah, know I love it, and I, I, I'm always very excited when new stuff comes on there because. Oh, dude! Yeah. It just it takes me right back to uh, you know my childhood of going to video stores and being oh wow I never seen this
2: Tim Thomerson movie before yeah <laughs> sifting through the uh, garbage to find the gold
4: but I, I miss I miss Blockbuster smell I miss the smell of Blockbuster
2: or just video stores in general yeah.
3: too. Right well I, I think it depends on what video store and where you're at so I'm sure yeah. you where you I'm corn sure corn where you guys are oil. at. I'm sure where you guys are in on the West Coast there, not too far from the great wonderful city of Los Angeles. That there was probably some blockbusters that didn't smell too good. If I recall my trips there, sometimes walking down, uh, you know, where, where the, the what's that called? Was that Sunset? Is that Sunset Street Boulevard? There, street. Yeah. Uh, what they? I, I, I always reminded if when I went. Maybe there
2: were to... a movie that had a similar <laughs> yes. name.
3: <laughs> yes, I remember walking down through there as a child and thinking, "Wow, this really smells like urine." <laughs> <So>.
4: <laughs> LA has to be the most disappointing thing in the world for people that have done everything they can just to visit. It has to be. There's it, no way it's not.
3: Yes, it
2: that's think- not true. You could maybe see David Faustino eating a McSalad <laughs> shaker outside of uh, Borders.
4: Yeah, I guess you're right. Wow, you got me. Yeah, you got me. Good. I win. Yeah, I win. Miles wins the argument. Sleep that on. means we
2: don't have to get married.
4: Oh, <laughs> you, you don't. Hear,
2: you don't. <laughs> You don't understand.
3: There's a whole generation of people now who just want to go there and just want to live in Us Magazine. They don't want to. That's right. They don't really care about the actual movie history anymore. They just care if they see somebody yeah. buying groceries. They hope to
2: be in the background of a picture of, like, Brad Pitt walking his kid to school or
4: something. Yes.
3: That's exactly yeah. it. All right. By the way, Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie, they are hoarders. There. I've made my comment. Hoarders of children.
4: Children. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
2: All right, uh, so sort of like Cat Hoarders.
3: Yeah, it's sort of like that. Um, all right, so uh, that's pretty much the show uh, and the review. Uh, you guys can stay on the line, actually, when we say the goodbyes and stuff. But uh, yeah. everybody check out everything we usually talk about. I don't have that list. Will has that list. <laughs> There's no way I can go over all that stuff.
2: Showshowpodcast.com yeah, now.
3: definitely check that out. That's a, it's
2: a new, new website and new feed.
3: Yeah, it's good stuff. Very yeah. good stuff. One of my favorite shows, as everybody knows by now.
2: That's right. There we go. All right, and Caitlin, it <laughs> was great. It,
3: it was great having you on the show. You've always been. It's always fun to listen to you on show show. So,
4: oh, that makes me feel really good.
3: <laughs> it is. It is fun to listen to you. And I have to admit, though, I felt bad for you, and yet was terribly entertained by when you guys reviewed uh, the film your father was in.
4: Oh God, <laughs> Which, that's
3: right. I'm a fan of that film, and I had no idea that there would be some moment in my life where I would meet somebody that's related to somebody that's in that movie <laughs> of all movies. <laughs>
4: Because you you really that's the kind of movie where no matter who you are you sit there and think you didn't think life could be that long, and then it you can fill in the rest. But that was horrible. (laughs) That was a horrible, horrible thing. So many reasons.
2: Yep.
3: Yes, including some great quotes from Miles on that show. Oh Uh,
2: man, that's one of my favorite episodes. I talk about almost
4: breaking up with Miles. (laughs)
2: Yep. Good stuff. I almost broke up with Miles. (laughs)
3: But, uh, that is everything I want to say that next week, uh, I'll be back, but I'll be bringing Roop on the show with me. Uh, you just heard will call in a He's going to Cuba. So, right. uh, smoke some stogies and stuff like that. Cuba. And, uh, hopefully, hopefully you don't find any gooding juniors down there. That was a weak that's joke. Right. That was weak, weak. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, Roop, I, Roop's coming that's
2: back. I, that's here. what I usually do is that. That's right. Yeah. For those guys. <laughs> instead of laughing.
3: That's true. That's, that's your way of being polite. Thank you. Miles. Yeah. Um, We're going to do an all-comedy show. We don't do a lot of comedies on this show, so uh, he picked uh, Love Lines, which is a comedy from the 80s, and I picked a comedy from the 80s, which is uh, Wildlife with uh, a young Christopher Penn and some oh, wow. crazy Santa Anna Randy Quaid, I believe. I think he might be in that. I'm not positive. Holy
2: shit. I haven't seen either of those, so I look forward to hearing that, man.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's gonna be that's a, that's definitely a generational thing. I don't even know if you were born yet, Miles. <laughs> uh,
2: probably not. I may have been in my daddy's nutsack. <laughs>
3: there we go. Call back to the Bigfoot episode.
4: Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> All right, <Thanks>. so
3: <laughs> that is everything. Uh, Miles, I don't know if you've made Caitlin aware that we say adios, but I'll say adios.
4: Adios.
3: I can do that. Adios. There we go.
1: Thanks for listening. You can find the gentleman at ggtmc.com. You can call the gentleman at 206-666-5207. And you can email the gentleman at midnightcinema at gmail.com.